Hello and welcome to another episode of Hurwitz's House of Horror. I'm your host, Steve Hurwitz, and this is the podcast where we talk about horror movies. Sometimes we'll bring you some horror news and we don't have trouble trying to get the intro down. We don't have to repeat ourselves twice because we couldn't figure out the right buttons. to Don't press. tell people our business. <laughs> they don't need to know how much of a shit show this is. <laughs> I think this is the very first time we're doing this. I think they already know how much of a shit show this is. Okay. (laughs) But like a horror movie, all those characters find themselves in a shit show. But in (laughs) the end, they either die or they somehow keep on going like we have been for the past. However many episodes we have done. That's right. Welcome back, everybody. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jefferson Miller. Hey, Jefferson. Hello. How's it going, man? How are you? I'm doing good. It's good to see you. We've had a very exciting day so far. Yeah, we have. We went to go see a movie today, and that's we did. the movie we'll be talking about. <gasps> Scream 6. Hopefully... Every- <gasps> oh! <laughs> Scream oh 6. Christ. <laughs> oh, man, that's going to blow someone's ears out in the, in the, in, in the episode. Because <laughs> I'm not editing that. I just got to keep everyone's adrenaline up. Oh, Get man. ready for this horror movie. Well, you definitely got my adrenaline up. <laughs> I think I just... Can't talk. You got my adrenaline up, man. I don't know what's happening. Where am I? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Let's keep on going. Yeah. Well, as I just said, we'll be talking about Scream Six today. So I just want to let everybody know we are going to be diving straight into spoilers when we get into that movie. I definitely recommend you see that. And well, that is that. Let's jump into the horror Howard Jeff this week. You mind if I start off? Is that okay? Oh, please. All right. Well, this week we had the release of Evil Dead Rise at the South by Southwest. Is that like a con? I thought that was music, honestly. Rise. Um, Didn't it used to just be like music? South by Southwest. Southwest? I thought so. And then it slowly started becoming like film really? and a lot more things. Yeah, there's been like not, the I'm festivals. not hip enough to know that. Yeah, same here. Well, the, mu- the movie debuted there and it has been getting spectacular reviews so far. Like I am very much looking forward to this movie. And, you know, this is a franchise that I love dearly. I think, you know, that I love Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. especially that's that's one of my all time favorite movies. I even just got a new poster. I pre-ordered a poster from I think it's. I don't know, some sweet website, but it's Vice like Press? The, Vice Press. Yes. Yeah. Vicepress.com. Shout out to them. They have awesome movie posters there. Definitely. There was an Evil Dead one that just went up for pre-order Evil Dead 2. And it's like a chainsaw bursting through a pool of blood. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm super stoked whenever that gets released. But anyways, Evil Dead Rise, I have my concerns about it. Just, you know, like I said, it's a beloved franchise of mine. And I am really relieved that so far, pretty much all of the entries into Evil Dead have been pretty good. Movie-wise, you know, number one, pretty great. Number two, my favorite. Three is fun. And then there was, I think it was just called Evil Dead, the one that came out in 2013, the Mm. one that you haven't seen, correct? Correct. That one was really cool. Very horny. And there's the show, Very right? gory. Yep. Then there's the show. I forgot about the show completely. Mm-hmm. The show's spectacular. And now we have Evil Dead Rise. And so far, the reviews are saying that Evil Dead Rise doesn't shy away from what makes the franchise so great. There's rivers of blood, unrelenting evil wearing familiar faces, and ingenious weaponry in the stand off against demons. And that right there is really good to hear. I also like that they have a new intro theme that's the thing i heard really yeah that one song uh rise up ride with the sea rise up you know what i'm talking about we might be talking about two different franchises hmm, here okay interesting yeah another review also said that the 
film delivers in terms of the amount of blood and guts that fans would expect to see at this point in the movie series. And Evil Dead Rise gives us plenty of thrills and kills to make us all squirm and gleefully cheer in our seats. I've been hearing that the gore is is there and it is plentiful. I don't know if I like the term gleefully squirm, but mm-hmm. I'm glad people are happy. I think that that <laughs> really applies to big time horror fans such as mm-hmm. myself. Like, you know me, I love buckets of blood and, and certain amounts of gore. If it's not like. Gulp, gulp, gulp. If it's not too realistic, does that make sense? Yeah, if there's a if there's a level of, you know. I think a good analogy would be like artwork where some, you know, some artists, they do a painting and it just looks like a photograph. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's cool. But some level of like um, f- style to it, that's yes. like gore with style. I can get into that Same usually. Here. But if it's just like visceral and real, I'm kind of like, Bleh. I'm no pretty sure we've made this comparison before, yeah. but. Compare like Evil Dead 2 to a hostile movie. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, there's just buckets of blood flying everywhere. Dude has to chop off his own hand. And that's fun because it's <laughs> sort of fantastical. It, it has right. it's a style to it. As opposed to watching a woman like get her face melted and then having her eyeball cut off while yellow pus falls out of yeah, her face. Ew. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. It's like fear, Halloween, spooky, horror, gore versus like gross pain Mm -hmm. you know torture i'm like "Eh, yeah which i think evil dead the latest entry in the franchise that kind of was on that line uh razor's edge you might say yeah actually yes but i still enjoyed that because Mm. it didn't fall too much into the serious tone it was over the top or it's like this is not believable yet still gross and upsetting as i we've mentioned the one scene where a girl cuts her tongue with a razor yeah yeah yeah. that's the one scene i think you saw from a trailer and you're like this is in the red Rain trailer and I was like, yeah but in that scene like i didn't like it but it was almost more of like oh that's an indicator of the type of movie this is like i'm good yeah then. yeah that pretty much sets the tone for that movie yeah which again with evil dead i think that is sort of what it is now at this point and mm-hmm. i'm cool with that just yeah. don't take itself too seriously maybe that's what i feel about with most movies that are in this level of gore. Yeah. Because I, I think it's more, it's just more fun when you can tell they're having fun with it. And it's, yeah. It's about the audience enjoyment, not like making people want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of vomit. Right. Some people, yeah, yeah. Again, that's. I, when we were watching the Red Band trailer, I squirmed a little bit in my own seat. Gleefully squirmed. I, yeah. I gleefully squirmed when you see the scene of somebody trying to crawl away from a deadite. And you see a lady pick up a cheese grater. Oh, yeah. Gross. No, thank you. And then you just know something terrible is going to happen. I think there was a poster that somebody released. It was released maybe in like with the South by Southwest premiere. It was just of the cheese grater. And it's like (laughs) in a city. It's like supposed to represent the building that it takes place. Right. right. I thought it was really clever. Yeah. And I just kind of really like this cheese graters getting a lot of attention. Right. Because that is fucked up. You know that that cheese grater is going on a leg. Or an arm or a face. Right. I can't wait to see where it goes. And I'm going to gleefully squirm yeah, I don't like that. in my seat. Jeff. Steve. I got to ask you right now, while we have our thousands of hundreds of billions of listeners, mm-hmm. is this a movie we're going to watch and cover on the podcast? Um, uh-oh, pressure's on. Maybe. I That's a good solid answer. was very surprised when you said, let's watch Hellraiser. Hellraiser, new Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one... 
I don't know why. Yeah. But the trailer, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Interesting. This one, not so much. So we'll see. Okay. I Maybe honestly, you'll watch it and we'll cover it and okay. see how that goes. You I'd know? be okay with that. I'll like, just be I around. plan on seeing this as soon as I can, like one of the early screenings right. or something. This is this is my, my franchise, baby. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how you have Scream. Your uh, blood and butter. How you have <laughs> Scream. I have Evil Dead. <laughs> you just like backed up like you're going to scream. I know. I really <laughs> wanted to scream again, but I didn't. I'm... My original plan was to every time you said the word scream, to scream. <laughs> and then I was like, that'd just be way too much. It wouldn't be fun to listen to. I mean, I'm glad we got the first one done and out of the way, I guess. Yeah, without any too much screaming, I don't think. See, I feel like I'm living in a horror movie right now where you could We be... all are. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could be Life. fine. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you could be lying to me right now. And at some point when I least expect it, when we're talking <laughs> <Christ>. like that, <laughs> sorry, that one was kind of more into the microphone. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, let me just say, I'm so I, I realize now if you're driving, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not. I'm sure he'll edit it. So it's not too bad. I'm going to have to edit yeah. that. Um, speaking of screaming, Jesus um, just the gore thing I wanted to touch on really quick. Cause yeah. like before we get into this movie, before we get all the, you know, we're not talking about scream six yet, but there's some gore in it, mm-hmm. but weirdly, well, well, I'll get to it. Never mind. I'll get, I'll get more into that when we get into the movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I guess let's just wrap up evil dead rise right now. Um, I am planning on seeing this. We'll, we will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you want to join me. We'll see. It's yet to be seen. I'm excited for it, though. These good reviews are just kind of helping me. Apparently, there was like a Q&A after the, the movie premiered. And one guy, like one heckler, shut up and was just like, this movie fucking sucks. And they just kind of like walked out. Huh. And Bruce Campbell was just like, what are, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out. And yeah, like why? Just, just, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's Perfect. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you don't like something. Just don't. Why, why are you there? You're yeah. going out of your way to just like tell these people like, all right. I'm or gonna even go. just leave quietly. Yeah. Here's, here's my thing. I was thinking about this earlier today too, and I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready. So this guy got me thinking like, you know what? If you don't like something, shut the fuck up. I like that as a motto. Because especially when like he was telling this to this panel of the people who helped create this movie. Bruce Campbell was there. Sam Raymond was there. I think some of the actors were there. Mm-hmm. These people have put in a lot of work into this. They don't need to hear somebody be like, like, this sucks. I hated it. You know what? Keep that opinion to yourself. Yeah. You know, we have said some things about some bad movies we've watched on this podcast, too. Totally. But I'm also not directing that to these people. And I feel like we always also try and find something positive to say about some of these movies. Yeah. Um, and I think, that, you know, ideally... We try to, it's all supposed to be in good fun. You know yeah. what I mean? Like even the movies where we've watched and it's like, wow, that was something. Well, I'm going to bring up Christmas, Bloody Christmas in particular. I, right. You know, neither of us really enjoyed that movie, but mm-hmm. there were elements to it that I was like, this is kind of enjoyable. I like the Christmas element. They did it. And like, I can appreciate that they made these two lead characters like very unlikable, at least in our opinion. Mm-hmm. But that, those are people acting. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where it's easier and can be more entertaining sometimes to like be shit on something when you're like i wasn't really into it but we could have easily made a whole podcast about that where it's like all the really cool creative choices that they made Mm -hmm. that again the acting was really good we didn't really like the characters like all that it's very like clearly they're very creative talented people and we're not going out of our way to directly say these things to the actors or to the director even like tweeting at them like exactly fucking suck yeah why i mean 
I sent you some likes of I think the director and the main actor mm-hmm. of Christmas Bloody Christmas like liked some of the the posts on the Instagram, yeah. and I sent it to you. and I was just like, I feel kind of bad. Yeah, my <laughs> hope would be that like if we were ever lucky enough to meet these people, sure, that it would be like a we could laugh about it. Yeah, and they would understand that we're like clearly we we appreciate the stuff that you do, but. You but know, we're not going always out assume, of our ways to like be like this sucks. Fuck you. Yeah. Just shut shut up. Yeah. Jeff Keep yourself. Jeff, shut up. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, dude. It's okay, man. Uh, yeah, okay. it's just like hearing about that heckler. It's like, man, some people just need to not say things. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get on my little old man soapbox for like two seconds. <laughs> we definitely live in like an era of everyone needs to share their opinion at all goddamn times. And it's uh, exhausting. Yeah. So this is just our don't. little PSA. Just Shut our, the little, fuck up. our little rant. Just you got something to say. You know don't. what? Don't be mean about it. If you don't like something, that's fine. Yeah. As, a, as the wise, wise parents of our former generations, if you don't have anything nice to say. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, just like granddad used to say yeah oh grandpappy moving along jeff i decided to prepare myself for this week's movie so uh, last night you shaved your whole body i shaved my whole body and then i sat down and i rewatched scream five hell yeah the only way to watch it let me tell you my body was sweaty on that leather couch Mm -hmm. it was very uncomfortable but then in theme i started getting more into the movie okay and I really did enjoy this movie when I first saw it. We have mentioned it a handful of times, mm-hmm. not only on last week's episode, but I think we've mentioned it on other episodes too. But I think Scream 5 is a spectacular reinvention of the series itself. Yeah, a I requel like, as they even refer to it in this movie. I think, well, they did refer to it as that in Scream 5 too. And mm-hmm. maybe that's where I first heard the term and I was started to use that. Yeah, I've also I like heard it. it elsewhere, but they did a really good job of making that, like connecting it to the first one. Mm-hmm. Like so close. Right. They reintroduce older characters while keeping a lot of the same themes. I don't remember Scream 2 or 3 very well. I don't honestly even know if I saw Scream 4. The more I think about it, I think when I was in the theater, I was like, I don't think I saw that movie. <laughs> like, who are these like, people? I know I know who Kirby's character was, but I just know she was in, in Scream 4. But I wanted to rewatch this to refresh myself on these characters because Scream 6 is... Uh, Direct sequel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the other ones are, but this is Scream Five introduced us to these new characters, and I just wanted a refresher. And I'm glad. I yeah, love I kind of wish I did. So many of these characters. Yeah, great cast. I'm really glad we we watched Scream One last week because the connections again are great because they're kind of recreating that first one, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun. It is modern Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels modern while yeah, it's like classic somehow they capture the nostalgia of the of the early films and then and, and modernize even, it even in the a way ending that, of that movie like the last second half of that movie they go back to Stu mocker's house right. the, one of the spoiler alert for scream five one of the killers in that do we want to say i mean we kind of have to we're huh? gonna have to bring it up we're gonna have to one. yeah well we have to for this episode i just realized yeah well i'll open the okay, show so notes spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah spoilers from here on out for scream five and scream six if you don't want to know anything about these movies, I'd say just turn this episode off and then come back after you've watched them because I'm going to forget. Anyways, there are two killers, one named Richie, and then there's a girl. I think her name is Amber. Her and her family have moved into the house that Sue Mocker used to live in, and they end up wanting to 
like make the Scream franchise good again. Because in the Scream universe, there are these movies called Stab. This is very meta. Mm-hmm. These movies called Stab, which are based off of Sidney Prescott's life. And I think they're at Stab 8. And the franchise has gone off of the rails. And they're doing this because they want to be taken seriously again. It's funny because they sort of reference how Ryan Johnson directed Scream or Stab 8. And that is a oh, stab funny. of its own at the Star Wars series. And how everybody freaked out about that. And how they're like, this isn't the Star Wars I grew up on. It's like that, but with Stab Right, it's like making Scream. fun of like movie fans and like yeah and it's funny richie is watching like these scenes from stab eight and it's ghost face but he's wearing like a like a wife beater and he has a flamethrower and he's like <laughs> ripped and he's like yeah this is not what the series used to be and i'm like that's like that's exactly what this movie is doing they're taking a look at itself and trying to bring it back to its to its roots mm-hmm. it's just really good i think it's a great reinvention of the series me too. I, that's one of the things I really like about these movies in general is, again, we've said this multiple times, but they don't take themselves too seriously. They're making fun of themselves, making fun of movies as a whole. They're making fun of their fans. They're making fun of it's just like, but in a fun, like we're all in it kind of way, which is really cool. And unfortunately, this is Nev Campbell's last Scream movie, Scream 5. And I just love seeing her. Back. Yeah, just that back was in one that thing house. I feel like Scream 6 we, was we missed missing. in this one. Yeah, I agree. But still had Courtney Cox. Oh, watching Dewey die. Honestly, that scene broke me up a little bit, especially just after watching Scream 1. Right. You see the origin character. Yeah. And I just know he's had such a big part in these and he's been in them since the beginning. And just I think seeing Scream 1 and how young all of these actors were when they first started this, it's like, damn, let's see. I think Scream 5 came out in 2000 and 2021. Something like that, yeah. So that's like, what, 24, 24 years that David Arquette has been playing Dewey? Damn. Yeah. And that's that's great. So watching him, just seeing how young and a little naive that he was in the first movie and mm-hmm. just kind of goofy, he's kept a lot of those attributes and those characteristics well into Scream 5. And right. I was just a little choked up when he died. I was like, oh, you were my favorite. <laughs> Well, yeah, I just refreshed myself on Scream 5. It's a great movie. Definitely recommend. I think we should go back through the rest of the Scream series and review these over mm-hmm. over however many months. We'll do one maybe every two or three months. I think that'd yeah, be, I'd be fun, down, obviously. Because I'm after seeing this, I'm like, this is a great franchise, but let's see if I'm correct on that. <laughs> yeah, and one of these days, I still want to do a full Scream marathon Kinda live. Like how we did our uh, our Batman Begins marathon yeah we never did <laughs> i think we got to like the dark night yeah yeah like, that was good anyway we did one time do our austin powers marathon that's true well three movies it's a little more doable that's true if we we should do we should commit to not necessarily right now <laughs> we don't even commit to anything a full screen marathon beginning to end uh-huh. in one go live on twitch and we'll like we'll do one of those like raise money things maybe like um that'd be cool extra life i know that's a gaming thing but We'll find something like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just remembered. I forgot. I got something specially for this podcast. I'll be right you back. You did? Yeah. Uh-oh. You're going to love this. Maybe it's... um. I'm going to try and guess before he gets back. Maybe it's some kind of snack or um, maybe like a tasty beverage. Have you heard the fridge, right? No. Oh, wait. 
No, that was a complete guess. That's funny. I'm back. <laughs> I purchased a Pepsi X Peeps. AKA Peepsy, as some people call it. Is that real? Yeah, everyone's like, why didn't you call it Peepsy? That's actually pretty funny. I got this specifically. Like you know why? Because the word P. That's my guess. Drink on the podcast. And the label's yellow. Yeah. So I'm doing a taste test right now. Does this Pepsi taste like Peeps? Or does it taste like pee-pee? Oh, that is disgusting. Am I try. Oh, I'm glad you bought this whole bottle of it. All right, let's see really <laughs> to quick be fair, here. You, you got it for me, so thank you. It's going to be 69 grams of sugar. Ew. It's actually not as bad. I think a, a Mountain Dew is like 74. Ugh. Could have okay, it me. smells like smells like frosting. Oh, God. It's not good, man. Oh, yeah, it's like a... I'm going for a second. Wow. It's braver than I am. It's not as bad as I thought. Honestly, all these like special. Ugh. Yeah, not a, that's sugar. That's mm-hmm. just sugar. Mm-hmm. There's not. I mean, because peeps are just sugar. There's not a flavor to it. Nope. Tastes like yellow. So, like, you know, it'd be funny. Let's just take some of the flavor out of Pepsi and call it peeps. Ugh. Just sugar water. Well, I got that specifically for the horror hour yeah. to see how horrifying of a flavor it was. I'd rate that very horrifying. Pretty horrifying. I agree. Will I finish that live on this podcast? Probably not. I but would be if you drink that whole thing. I'm going to throw up. Yep. I'd be <laughs> impressed, but, you know, you'd be ill. Challenge accepted. Done. Let's move this podcast along, Jeff. We're going into your horror hour here. Are we going into Jeff's Buffy Bonanza basement time? Are we going to Jeff's been watching Frasier? <laughs> the classic seg- the classic <laughs> horror segment. <laughs> Jeff's been watching Frasier? Question mark. Or, um or interestingly it. enough, I did just watch an episode of Frasier. What a what a wacky show, dude. Hey. I also watched some episodes of Cheers because I couldn't find the remote. And I, before bed now, I put on the live TV feature. So it just plays really whatever. All right. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Is, is Norm? No, is, which one's Niles? Norm? No. Norm is a different guy. Oh, you mean Michael. You're just saying names now? <laughs> Who plays Norm? In what? Cheers. <laughs> I'm going to, I got to tell you this. I don't know the characters <laughs> in Cheers. <laughs> Oh, man. I've only seen a couple episodes, honestly, I think, ever. Uh, really? Yeah. I, thought, I know the whole theme song. Yeah. Cheers. So what is it? How is it? Sure what You would have had a hibba hibba. Sure would help a lot. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, let's see. Horror Howard news. Um, I found out Frasier's Beast in X-Men. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I don't have any Horror Howard news. No Buffy? Not this time. What about, ooh, what's that doctor show you watch? Um, ER? Scrubs? Grey's Anatomy. Ah. You haven't been watching Grey's Anatomy? Nope. 
Cool. Well, Jeff. <laughs> good. Pretty good horror hour. Yeah. I think that is going to bring us into this week's movie. This week, I have been super stoked to talk about this movie and just to see it in general. After watching Scream 1, been psyched up. Scream 5, got me even more psyched up. And now with these new characters kind of bringing this franchise back on its wheels, this week we're talking about Scream 6 from 2023, directed by Matt Bittinelli Alpin and Tyler Gillett. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's going to keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. As always, Jeff, why don't we do our Jeff summary of the movie? Oh, man, I'll do my best. Okay, Scream 6. This movie uh, continues from where we left off, for the most part, uh, in Scream 5. It follows our main characters to New York City, where... I don't remember any of the characters' names, but Jenna Ortega's character is going to college. Her older sister followed her there with a couple of their friends. And lo and behold, Ghostface is there, you know, because he can be anyone. Um, and then terror ensues. Ghostface, 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 everywhere. Perfect as always. Jeff. Yeah, nice. Well, let's just start off with the cast first. You were correct. We have Jenna Ortega returning as Tara Carpenter. We have Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, her sister. We have two of my favorite characters, Mindy and Chad. Mindy is played by Jasmine Savoy Brown and Chad by Mason Gooding. And then we also have Skeet Oltridge returning. And there's a bunch of other people in here, but those are some of like the, the big highlights. Hayden. Oh, did Doy Hayden as my teen, my teenage self would have been so mad uh, that you forgot her. She was one of my big uh, crushes when I was in high school as Kirby the Reed. show Heroes. Yeah, I loved that show when I was growing up too. that mm-hmm. first season. I still stand by it being really good. And then season two got kind of ruined by the writer's strike. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of the first times I saw Zachary Quinto. <laughs> he played Spock. Cool. It is cool. You know why? Why? Because Spock was on a show. I like to think uh, we've all seen and heard of. Hit it, Star Trek. I like how that goes longer each and every time now. Yeah, sometimes I just like to listen to it. Yeah, that's kind of our core cast right there. And then also Courtney Cox is also there. How could I forget? Good old Gail. She always gets the news or whatever that one person said. I'm just going to say, I think I forgot Hayden Panettiere just because I don't think I've ever seen Scream 4. Right. In your mind, you're like, these are all the characters I remember being the Scream cast. Uh And then Hayden, you know, you're in a movie maybe at one point. I know I watched that movie once, just again. I think I watched that movie once and I think I rented it from Blockbuster. That's Mm -hmm. how long ago it was. So I don't remember that movie either, but mostly unimportant for this I, this movie. I feel like I still kind of got her character pretty much. Even exactly. It's kind of like whatever. Background. Yeah. She wasn't like in the FBI in the last one. I think she was like in college or something. All I remember is there was a pool house, I think. Uh-huh. But I might be mixing it up with the show that 
was on MTV, mm. which maybe we'll talk about one of these days if we really want to torture ourselves. And that was our Scream 4 summary. Let's move on to the movie, Jeff. So this movie opens with one of our podcast favorites. Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. First fun fact off the bat. I didn't realize that the directors of this movie directed Scream 5 and they also directed Ready or Not. I didn't realize that either. It makes a lot of sense because we liked both of those movies. I love Ready or Not. And I think Samara Weaving is great. And I think I read somewhere that the directors specifically asked her to come on board for this because they had such a good time working with her in in Ready or Not. So I was like, and uh, spoiler alert, uh, you know, we would have liked her to be in more of the movie. I'll just say that. But I do like that she kind of played the Drew Barrymore character in this one. Yeah. I thought she was going to be in it longer. Mm -hmm. I mean, she wasn't really shown throughout the trailers. I think maybe there was a clip of her in in the main trailer, like trailer one or whatever. I thought maybe she would be like a side, like a different kind of reporter or something where she kind of shows up every once in a while. But I thought she might be one of like the college friends. Right. Yeah. Um, But in this, they it it opens with her. um, She's meeting up with a date, meeting up with a date, a blind date. It seems like someone she met online. Mm -hmm. And I like how they played into the. The horror element of that, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, single women meeting up with dudes they've never met before. That's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And then so she's like at this bar. You can tell nervous. she's nervous. And then well, she gets a call from the guy that she's right. waiting for. And he's like, I'm new here. I'm lost. Can. Well, he was texting her that. And then he calls her. She hears his voice for the first time. And they eventually start talking about like what she does for work. She's a film school teacher. And they start talking about movies because I think she is specifically she like teaches about slasher films. Right. It's like a very specific film teacher. So they were talking about those movies and they dropped some subtle rep or some not so subtle references about how the way old slashers used to be, you know, don't answer the phone. A lot of. Yeah, because she was saying like, yeah, you know, all the rules don't have sex, don't drink, you know, yeah, don't split up. And then he's like, don't answer the phone, which (laughs) is like, uh oh, okay, so clearly. And this just sounds like a normal voice to us. He's like, I'm lost. Sorry, I'm late. She goes out front to try and find him or try and yeah, see flag him down. Like, it. hey, it's over here. It's over here because there's no sign or whatever. And off the bat, he's like, oh, um, is it by an alley? I'm near an alley. Go near the alley. Just red flags in my head immediately. Right. I think they did a good job, though, where it didn't feel like I always try to be like, OK, if this wasn't scream, like, mm-hmm. let's say I'm just at a bar. In Sacramento and someone's like, are you I parked in an alley like where the hell is this place? Are you like I would totally just walk into the alley like I don't think I'd walk in the alley. I don't know. I don't see you. And to be fair, again, I'm a man. Yeah. So that is different. Maybe if I was a woman, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll meet you in a dark alley. Hold on. Like that is the sad truth of it. But I thought they did a good job of making him convincingly like innocent sounding. No, absolutely. And her choice. You could see she's hesitant, but she's kind of like standing at the end of the alley at first and kind of like and she only really entered i think the alley when he's like oh my god someone's following me like someone has a knife yeah like oh shit oh shit oh shit and then she's like oh holy hell i need to go help this guy Uh so that's when she kind of puts herself in danger and then the voice changes the voice changes and i like our classic Mm -hmm. ghost face voice and then i think ghost face just comes at her from the side there's a little emerges from the from the shadows and this movie stabs just, her up real good right off the bat. This movie came out of the out of the horse stalls running. That's yeah, the did. saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Right out of those horse stalls. <laughs> did they just say stalls? I don't think any of that's a saying, <laughs> okay, but I could cool. be wrong. Great. 
But I also, yeah, he stabs her up real good. And then he gets her like fucking more than 10 times. Oh, I was a lot counting. of times. And There's then he so much unmasks himself immediately. Boom. I was like, whoa, OK, wasn't expecting that. So I love that they're already subverting expectations. But it was also very much like, well, clearly this isn't going to be the main ghost face because that would kill the whole. I guess that's true. Who done it? Who done it through the whole thing? It would like ruin that whole fun part of the movie if it was just like, it's this guy in the first 10 minutes of the movie and then it's him through the rest of the movie. I was thinking maybe they would try and subvert expectations by being like, here's one of them. Right. Don't I was thinking that other. too. Maybe just trying to take it in that new direction. Because when he gets home, he like gets a call. He's looking for his roommate and he gets a call and they're kind of talking about like well, they're that. They're going to become killers. Yeah. And it's like, oh, his roommate on the phone is using the ghost face voice. And like, hey, I t- we said we wouldn't use that on each other. So it's like, oh, clearly they're a team. And I thought, like you said, oh, OK, so this is going to be one of the killers. Yeah. And then the second one will be revealed in the end. And I kind of thought it was going to be like. Or maybe there'll be more killers. One of the original people from the first scream or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the setting of this movie I really like because it takes place during Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as this murder happens, he takes off the mask, like puts the costume away. And he just walks straight out of that alley. And it's one of those things where you just look around and you see people screaming because they're having fun or because it's part of a show. People are wearing masks. They're dressed up. This is the perfect setting for like a murder to happen and Mm -hmm. just kind of go unnoticed because you're not sure if it's real or not. Right. Very much like trick or treat. Yeah. When the vampire dude like kills that chick in the middle of the street and everyone's Mm -hmm. just like, huh? Yeah. Someone was like, oh, that's just a drunk girl, you know, Mm -hmm. get away like in a costume. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, that's real blood. And that sets up for a lot of really cool scenes later on, like when they're in the subway. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool costumes and a lot of cool buildup that we'll get to. And yeah, so, yeah, it being Halloween in New York, I'm like, oh, perfect. Perfect yeah. setting. As he's on his way home, too, he ends up coming across Tara, who is now in college. They know each other. Yeah. They're in. He's the like, hey, where's your class. like, is your sister coming to that party later? And she's like, no. He's like, oh, come on. Can't you convince her? And she's like, that's not my problem. That's your problem. And it's clearly like they have kind of rapport. Yeah, they're familiar. Yeah. And so you were saying this guy gets home and he puts like the mask on a pedestal. He has like a little 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 shrine shrine to the the stab movies and and all of this nonsense. And he gets a phone call from his best friend. And from what I was gathering, they're planning on murdering just like a bunch of people in the name of these stab movies, right? Well, he said um, they're going to complete the movie. Right. So I think they were going to kill like the different plan on Sam, and Sam and Tara. Tara. And that's it. it was my it was what I got from it. Did they say why and they maybe killed, the two friends? I'm not sure. Did they say why they killed the film professor? Yeah. Because um, she was. He because oh, his, his friends like, why did you kill the professor? Like, what the hell? And he's like, sorry, I know I shouldn't have. I just got like too anxious and I just wanted to see what it was like. Like I wanted to try it out, which is fucking crazy. And because she gave him a, and he, she gave me a C plus or whatever. And she's like that bitch, whatever. And I was like, okay, so you're clearly a little shithead. And then the longer he talks to him on the phone, the longer he, he starts to get suspicious. You can tell where Ghostface, you know, quote unquote Ghostface, his roommate on the phone is like, come on, man, how long have we known each other? He's like, well, you tell me. He's like, you tell me how long we've known each other. And then he rattles off like eight years we met in this class and this happened. And which later on, I'm like, oh, OK, that makes sense that they would know that. Why? Well, I don't want to say yet. 
just for our listeners. All right, remind me. Okay. I'm not sure what you're talking about necessarily. Because it was like, how would Ghostface know? Because, spoiler, it's not his roommate, it's Ghostface. But how would Ghostface know? And it's like, oh, okay, that's how. Right. Okay. No, never mind. You're right. But so he's talking to his quote unquote roommate. And then he's like, all right, man, like, I'm done with this. Like, where you're obviously not home. But Ghostface keeps saying, no, yeah, I'm I'm home. Or he's like, I'm home. I'm home. And they play a game. You ever played Hotter or Colder? And he's like, fuck it, fine, let's play. And then leads him around the apartment and he finally leads him right into the fridge. Yeah, which I like because it's like warmer and mm-hmm. it's the fridge cold. Ha ha ha, you know. So when he was talking on the phone, this kid to Ghostface for the first time, I'm pretty sure where he was sitting, his back was like to the fridge. And in a certain shot, you could see the fridge. And I immediately just as soon as you realize it wasn't his roommate, I was like, I guarantee you really he's in the fridge. Interesting. Because. He's watching Friday the 13th part eight. And that's the one where Jason takes Manhattan and seeing Jason made me think of Friday the 13th part two in which Adrian King's character, Alice opens up the fridge and she finds Jason's mother's head in the fridge. And I just thought maybe they would associate that. (laughs) And Jason takes Manhattan too, which I didn't even, I didn't catch that. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I love stuff like that. Me too. Also the classic, you know, fridged trope or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it was his roommate. But it was more um, than just his head that he finds too. I think it's like his, his whole, whole body. body. Yeah, it's just, just chopped up. Chopped up in parts. Um, and then he gets a knife in him. Sure does. He gets stabbed a bunch of times by Ghostface, mm-hmm. who uh, has appeared behind him, He's wearing back. more more of a, clearly a costume that wasn't just purchased at a Halloween store. Mm-hmm. And he kills him good. And that kind of sets this movie in motion, right? Yeah. He says something to him while he's killing him too. But I forget. There's going to be a lot of that. We uh, clearly didn't take notes because we watched this in theaters. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of us saying like, and then I think this happened and then we'll just figure we'll just it out. Let's just try and vague and generalize yeah. things. At this point, we now go to the party that Tara is at. She's having a good time and she is there with the two other main characters from Scream 5, whose name I literally forgot because I put my phone down. Mandy or Mindy? Mindy and Chad. Mindy and Chad and a couple of their new friends. Yeah. Mindy's girlfriend or or love interest i think girlfriend i think so annika you got me yeah yes annika and another friend yeah ethan i honestly didn't annika know and ethan. ethan me neither so yeah they're at the party hanging out and getting drinks and stuff we also see where sam is mm-hmm. at this point sam is in therapy she is talking to her therapist and she's been seeing him for a little bit, but she hasn't told him everything about what she's been through. Yeah. He's like, come on. All you've said is like you had some problems, relationship problems and some stuff with your parents or and something she, like that. I think he's told her she has mental health issues, too, because she's on medication. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember correctly, antipsychotics, in, I think. Yeah. Scream 5. She was having a lot of visions or hallucinations of her dad, Billy. Mm-hmm. And finally, she opens up to the therapist. And she's like, well, yeah, I am the daughter of a serial killer. And all of this stuff happened. My boyfriend, Richie, ended up getting together with somebody that he met on Reddit. I think they actually name drop Reddit or like a Reddit (laughs) in that universe. And uh, her name was Amber. And those are the two killers from the past one. And she just defended herself. She survived. Her sister, Tara, survived. She's like, I stabbed him 38 times and slit his throat. And you can see the therapist like getting visibly like mm-hmm. uh, like nervous and she lets us in that now all of these message boards have been turning the narrative around where she was actually the murderer and that richie and amber 
word not. Yeah, he, she like framed them. It's like this conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. which again, I like because I feel like such a smart way to set up the exposition and kind of like recap some of the stuff from the from the last movie yeah. and set up where we are now in a way that doesn't feel forced because it's like, well, no, she's in therapy. It's part of the story. And she's been holding back for good reason. Yeah. And we get a little refresher without it feeling, you know, shoved in there. Like you were just saying, the therapist has a very uh, intense reaction where he like has to put his notebook down or something. And he's yeah. eventually just like breathing ah. heavy. He's like, you don't have to report this kind of thing. And he's like, I'm not equipped for this. Yeah. She's like, I didn't do anything yet. Like, I didn't hurt anybody. I'm just saying, oh, because she said when she stabbed the dude in self-defense, mm-hmm. basically, she's like, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, I have to report this. And she's like, well, I didn't really do anything. And then kind of storms out. And Jeff, let me tell you, I immediately thought that this guy was a suspect. Me too. I was like, oh, so he's Ghostface. Because his reactions, I was thinking maybe he was like related to Richie or to Amber, to somebody somehow. And I was like, I'm on to you. I'm on to you, buddy. But then, of course. And the whole like psychology of it, I thought maybe it's like, oh, maybe he's like a, you know, he very much like a Harley Quinn type situation or something where it's like he interviews killers and then kind of got obsessed with the psychology of it and then now he goes and kills that was my thing i didn't uh, even think that far ahead i was just like he's a killer yeah he and, kills and then every other character we meet i was like he's obviously the killer or she is the killer and just to check one off the list wasn't him sure wasn't so we're gonna remove that suspect right away because he doesn't really come up yeah much more uh sam gets home from her therapist and she learns from her roommate oh, man there are a lot of names there's a lot of names yeah, yeah. Her her roommate Quinn. So we learned from her roommate Quinn that Tara has gone to this frat party and we're starting to see that Sam has been affected by the events of Scream 5 like a lot. Very protective of her younger sister. They have like a bunch of locks on their door. They've left Woodsboro and have never looked back along with the two friends Mindy and Chad. And she is not wanting Tara to do all these things. She ends up having to kind of drag Tara out of there because. Well, Sam shows up at the party. Tara's there drinking with their friends and they're all kind of you can tell all the friends are kind of like keeping an eye on Tara a little bit. Yeah, because she seems to be handling the effects of Scream 5 a little bit differently, maybe ignoring it and kind of like making questionable decisions. There's some douchey dude there who's like, I got fireball in my room. Let's fuck basically. And it's kind of like aggressive about it. And so her friends are kind of like, Hey, maybe not the best decision. She's been drinking. And that's when Sam shows up. Yeah. They get into like an altercation and, uh, Mindy's brother, Chad, Chad, essentially he's like getting into a fight with this dude, this like frat guy. And Sam shows up and she tasers the dude in the balls, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And Tara's not happy. Mm-mm. And so they kind of they all leave the party and she's like, why did you follow me to New York? Like, I'm living my life. What, you what are you fucking yours? doing with your life? I'm in college. I have a plan. You need to let me sleep with assholes if 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 I want to do that. And Sam's all like, oh, I mean, that's a fair question. You know, that's that's valid for the most part. And then so I want to remind you, Jeff, in Scream 5. Mm-hmm. We learned that Sam is Billy Loomis's kid. Yes. But Tara is not. Right. Same mom? Same mom. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the dad left because Sam confronted the mom and didn't know the dad was there. 
and then the dad left because the mom told the dad that Sam was theirs and not Billy's. Right. And so now Sam feels very responsible for Tara, Tara. because the dad left. And then the mom leaves too. Yes. Between, so, I'm thinking, the last movie and this one, I think. Probably. Where it was like everything went down and then the mom fucking bailed too. So yeah, she's like, now we're the only family that's left is the two of us. Just wanted to remind you and maybe some totally. of the listeners who haven't maybe necessarily. So there's a lot of feelings happening. It's they Sam all came come from like from a rational. And Sam just wants to make up place. for a lot of lost time. And she, right. there's all of this guilt that she feels mm. that she has now brought upon Tara's life. Right. And then Tara's feeling like suffocated, suffocated by it. While they're having this talk, some fucking girls walk up and throw some cherry coke yeah, on Sam and they capture it on video. And it's super fucked up because of the way that it's portrayed. It's like, oh, Sam kind of like attacked these girls, even though. Yeah, because the they throw soda on her and she's like, what's your fucking problem? Like pushes one of them. And then they put the, the video camera. starts yeah. with her saying, like, what's your problem? And pushing her. And they're like, oh, you know, fucking killer bitch or whatever. Again, Which I, again I liked because it's very like. That is kind of a weird gray area in in I don't want to say today's society if you want to fucking, you know, but in today's society where it's these videos that go viral and sometimes it's like, well, you're only seeing a little piece of it. Yeah. Like whatever happened right before this could could change the situation. Sometimes not so much. Sometimes it's pretty fucking clear that it's. Yeah. You know, uh, you get it. But um, so I like that scene. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And it comes into play later. Sure does. So they all return home. It turns out that Tara and Chad kind of have a little bit of a levy thing going on. Yeah, everyone sobers up a little bit, calms down. She's like, hey, sorry. Thank you for like looking out for me. And then they get a little, a little close. dreamy eyed on the bed together. But they're cock blocked, in her words, by Quinn. Quinn, their roommate. I'm going to try to remember that name as best as I can. <laughs> So things are finally calming down, and then Sam ends up getting a phone call from Quinn's dad, who is part of the police department. Mm -hmm. He's like, is he? He's not a detective, is he? Uh, I don't know. He's just a policeman. And apparently, Sam's ID was found at the crime scene where the kid from the opening scene was found. Yeah. Tara and Sam end up going to the police station, and Sam gets a call from her dead boyfriend's phone. Richie, she answers it, and it's Ghostface on the other end. Oh, and as soon as on the way to the police station, yeah, okay, cool. I was like, wait, were they in the police station? No, they were heading there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right before that, too, they saw on the news that there was a Ghostface killer, or there was a killer, and there was a bunch of Ghostface things found at the scene of the crime. Sam wants to leave. Tara's like, no, I'm in college. Her friends are like, mm, this might be a coincidence. Gail calls. Then the police officer calls Gwen's dad. Then that's when they start heading to the police station and they get the call from Ghostface right. using Richie's phone. Which is funny. It's right after they have this big fight where Tara's like, let me live my life. Like, we need to move on. And then it's like, Ghostface <laughs> is out there stabbing people to death in New York now, apparently. Followed you here. And she's like, "And fine. To be fair, like, Sam's okay. reaction is, I'd be like, yeah, like, let's oh, get totally. the fuck out let's of here. fucking leave, yeah. And they do a good job at having a reason for them to stay as long mm -hmm. as they did. The first was because they found Sam's ID and it's like, you have to be taken in for questioning. Yeah. And Tara was like, can we just at least look into this for a second before I drop out of school and we relocate our whole fucking lives? And I then, like that yeah, line. Too. It's like, yeah, I I'm in college right now. Like, like, well, yeah, you can't fair. just up and leave that shit. That's your education. 
And then the ID was found so clearly suspect. Mm -hmm. So they can't leave. Perfect. So the caller says, I'm coming to get you. Ghostface jumps out and chases them into a into a bodega. And I like this scene a whole lot because the way they're running, everyone's just like, what are you doing? But then as soon as like a ghost like Ghostface comes up, everyone's like, whoa, wait a second. What, yeah, because when they run girls? in, I feel very like especially it being set in New York. It's different than West Westboro mm-hmm. because it's like Woodsboro. people are doing crazy shit all the fucking time. And you really I feel like can't. Is it for a viral video? Is yeah, it's just like ugh, people just people dumb. Yeah, drunk people or whatever it is. Exactly. So like you said, yeah, as soon as Ghostface comes in, they change from like, what are you hooligans doing to like, oh, do we have a fucking problem? Like, are you like, you know, yeah. bothering these these women, which doesn't end well for it, the first guy. Yeah, like props to the first guy for just being like, oh, shit, these girls are in trouble. It's like, yeah, hey, what's going too. on? Yeah. And we have. Wow, man, we didn't even say our first kill. I guess we're on kill number three right now, technically, Damn. right? Kill number four. Kill number four. Let me just catch up here, please. Let's go over it. So we have there we go. Samara Weaving's character stabbed. We have kid from Spider-Man stabbed. Flash. Flash. We have technically His roommate. the roommate fridged. And now we have this guy. And then we have Good Samaritan Bodega Man. Good Samaritan Bodega Man. He gets it. He gets that. Uh, all right. I got to say the amount Dude, of times brutal. people get stabbed in this. It's not like once or twice. People are continuously just like mad, which it's awesome. I think it adds to because, again, it doesn't really add gore, but it adds. I mean, it's much more violent. Absolutely. Samara and it adds kill. this level of like fear and tension to it. It's so like fucking it reminds me of like the Zodiac killing scene. You know what sure. I mean? Where it's like there's so much rage behind it. Yeah. And it just keeps going. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah, he stabs you so many times. And they're just like Sam and, and Tara are just like frozen in fear for a second. Because there's like other people. Or there's like four other people in the in the corner store. For a second. And then the stabbing happens. Yeah, and, and they then book a it. bunch of them leave. The There's another big dude, though. The store owner? No, no, no. There's another. There's like the first big guy who stands up and he's like, hey, do you have a problem? Stab, yeah. stab, 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 stab. There's another one? And then there's another guy who Jeez. I think they both look kind of like stuntmen to me. But the other guy is like, hey, what like comes up and he gets stabbed and killed. Damn. And there's a store owner. And then the store owner busts out a shotgun. I just got to say, why would you say, hey, to get Ghostface's attention? Because if he just shot off that shotgun, Ghostface would have been down. Yeah. But, you know, in the moment, maybe he's just like, ah, you know. Then as soon as I thought that, I was like, well, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the exact thing I thought, too, because. Because, yeah, he pulls out the shotgun and yells, hey, and then Ghostface ducks right as he pulls the trigger. Yeah. Blows like a chips, you know, display, over. display out of the out of there. I loved that his reaction to this, too. He like yells the two girls go out the back door. Yeah. Yeah. He's, everyone coming together in this little bodega. I'm like, you know what? Sick. It's like that scene in Spider-Man yeah, yeah, when the yeah. Green Goblin was about to get Spider-Man. And then all of New York is standing on a bridge and they throw things and like. Hey, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York over here. Yeah, I forgot. Well, the, in this scene, when they're hiding, he goes, hey, you messing with these girls, you messing with all of New York. And then he turns to them over his shoulder and he winks and he goes, I'm walking here. And then they go, thank you. And they open the door and they're and all of the construction workers and um the cranes and police have lined cranes up all the way down the street <laughs> and they shoot their webs and they swing all the way to the Empire State Building and they meet Tom Hanks at the very top and they kiss. Tom Hanks? Yeah. <laughs> and and they go, 
we're we're the ones that called into the radio station and they kiss and the three of them get married. <laughs> wow. I don't know if you remember. You went to the bathroom. Oh yeah, I was always going to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, many just times. constantly. That's why. But then when you got back, they were in the corner store. Again they were for back some in reason. the corner store. Yeah, and they can't get out the back door. You know, that's the second Spider-Man reference in two Scream episodes. Uh oh, we need another uh, another button here. <laughs> Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. You mess with Spider, you mess with New York. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> So the store owner, um, well, the door's locked. He, throw, he goes to throw them the keys. Oh, yeah. They're like, it's locked. It's locked. Give, it, give us the keys. And that ends up being his downfall. Yeah. Trying to be the good Samaritan. Ghostface. Fumbling for his keys. Comes out and just stabs him. Boom. I'm oh. Out. What? Yes. Somehow he gets his shotgun. I think he, he stabs him. He stabs him. him and then and he grabs it. But he's it. not dead yet. So I was a little uh, jumpy on the trigger there. Well, he dies. Then he grabs the shotgun. Oh, he fucking blasts the dude. blasts him. He's like sitting against the freezer. Yeah, he gets he blasted. I think I like, he gets stabbed damn. and knocked down. Yeah. Oof. I honestly thought they were going to like show his face getting blasted. They off. do not hold back in this movie. They could have done more, but they did oh, a really good job. I this think- is my, just to give you an idea, this is my level right here. Like there yeah. was maybe one or two things I would have pulled out mm-hmm. if it was me, but there's a level of like violence that makes me feel tense for the whole thing. Yeah. Without it, like you're saying, if it showed a close up of his face being blown off, I thought they were going to. Me too. I personally appreciated that they didn't, but I get how I'm half and half on that. I, I think it would have been spectacular and gross. If this was shot in the 80s and his head was like a paper mache. Yeah. Well, not paper mache, but like, like practical effects and it's just like just exploded massive. Then I would have preferred that. Like the scene from Maniac. Have you seen that from 1980 Maniac? Uh, no. A dude gets his head blown off in the back of a car and a lot of people thought it was real because of how like good of a job they made it. Oh, damn. The exploding. Yeah, it's great. But I also am glad they didn't because I think that stays in theme with the Scream movies, how they mm-hmm. are never like excessive, excessive violence. This just one like for just sure, off screen. This one for sure stepped up the level of violence, mm-hmm. but it still kept it pretty tame by like these days standards. Mm-hmm. So that guy, unfortunately, is dead. There's a tense scene that we've all seen in the trailers where they're crawling on their hands and knees as Ghostface has a shotgun and he's keeping an eye out for him. And they're just going over. They toss a little like empty beer can to like throw them off the off the trail. And yeah, very cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. He eventually sees them and they manage to run out. They, the front they door. um. oh, they knock a fucking they knock a like a display rack over onto him and sprint out the front. And the police are showing up at that moment. Right so they that stop exact second. And when they turn around, the back door is open because clearly he got the keys that the dude had dropped. And on the ground, it's a ghost face mask. <gasps> Sam and Tara are finally at the police station and we are introduced to Quinn's police cop dad, whose name is Jessica Day's boyfriend, Detective Bailey, a.k.a. the love interest from uh, Runaway Bride. Is that right? My best friend's wedding wedding? is what I meant. Michael O'Neill. The moment I wake up. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Shout out to uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. It's a great movie. So, yeah, we see they're being questioned. Oh, man. All right. So I just want to bring this up real quick. Okay. The therapist. I knew that dude. I I, I recognized him, but I could not place where he's from. I mean, I guess so. But he's uh, he was in Ready or Not. He was the dad in Ready or Not. Oh, sick. And then I he didn't was know that. also Kittredge in Mission Impossible. Whoa, right? you're was, right. It's because he had a beard. Yeah. I couldn't place him. Wow, he looks different with a beard. Yeah. 
So I just had to bring that up because as soon as you showed me that picture, though, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Oh hey, that's another radio not callback, huh? Yeah. Nice. I like that. I wonder how many more there were. Might be some little ones. Well, Tara and Sam are being questioned, asked about their alibis. And this is when the detective, detective, man, I literally just said his name. I can't remember it. Detective Bailey is like, we've had some interest from someone in the FBI and we are introduced to Kirby. Kirby. Kirby shows up. Good old Hayden Penetier. And I just, I, I kind of got to say, she just looks good for her age. Like, I mean, she's not that old. What she's, trying like, to yeah, say, she's younger than me. She, she just looks like she's still a kid. Yeah. Honestly, it's and they well they I like they that they bring it up in the trailer. In, it made me I there's a couple of scenes in this movie that I laughed out loud. Yeah. And that was one of them where when she eventually meets Courtney Cox's character, Gail. Yeah. She's like, What? You're in the fucking FBI? <laughs> like you? you're a child. Yeah. I did laugh at it too. She's like, You look like a zygote. But I, I feel bad because you know, some people just do look young and are yeah, still totally. in these professional careers. But it just took me a second to get past that. But I was like, you know what? All right, yeah, you are in the FBI. And we're kind of shown, well, she shows us her injury that she got from Scream 4. I guess she was stabbed 12 times or something in the side. And she's taken a personal interest in this case because, again, it's Ghostface and she has history with it. Mm -hmm. And apparently her character and Sam both grew up in Woodsboro and Sam was a freshman when Kirby was a senior. And Mm -hmm. they kind of are like, oh, hey, I know you. It's like, like, oh, that's, that's cool. Because, you know, they have their characters haven't met, but they're still able to show us that they have a connection. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, that made me wonder kind of like if we were to watch Scream 4. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it would just be like, oh, it's the same school. They talk about yeah. going to the same school, you know, because they didn't know. Yeah, all this would be happening. Yeah. But then this gives us the second reason for Sam and Tara to stay in New York. They can't leave because they are part of an open case. Mm-hmm. Because Sam, once again, is like, we're getting out of here. And Detective Bailey is like, you Sorry. can't do that. Yep. So there are good reasons for them not being able to leave. And I appreciated right. that they kind of went out of their way to to establish that. Because why wouldn't you in a situation mm-hmm. like that? And then uh, Kirby's like, all right, cool. So, you know, this is what we're going to do. And Sam and Tara are like, no, thanks. Bye. Like, you guys fucking figure it out. Like, we're not going to get involved in this whole thing again. Yeah. They go to leave. And then right outside of the police station, they run into Gail. Which... We see Sam getting a call from Gail once or twice, and she's avoided it or mm-hmm. ignored it. And we learn then why now. Apparently, in true the, Gail fashion, at the end of Scream Five, Gail does say a line like, "I'm not writing a book about this." But we learn that she ended up writing a book about the events that happened to Tara and Sam. Again, that's what she does. Yep. And there is a great bit where is it Sam who goes to punch Sam Gail? swings on Gail. <laughs> yeah. And Gail ducks and she's like, hey, I've basically like not my first time, not my first rodeo <laughs> that I cracked up with that. And then fucking Tara comes out with, you know, from the left and yeah. hits her straight in the face. <laughs> God, that was so funny. Yeah, I really appreciated that scene. That was that was good. Uh, Tara and Sam are very upset with with Gail for kind of exploiting them mm-hmm. and using their story to get more wealth and fame and. Right. And Tara's like, cool. Why do you fucking think Ghostface is back again? Like, why do you think this keeps happening? And you keep writing books about it. People have like good reasons yeah. in this movie. And it's kind of, I appreciate things like that. And then I think Tara or Sam, one of them takes a bit of a low blow at Gail when they bring up Dewey. Like, you know, would this still be happening? Would Dewey still be alive if 
you had written these books. Mm-hmm. You can like, see it like really affect Gail. She's like Ugh. affected me too, dude. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, you, you're still fresh that. on Dewey's demise. Yeah, calm down, Gail. I'm first in line. It's a good name for a band, Dewey's demise. This is when we're taken to the therapist's office. Ooh, yeah. We're back with the dad from Ready or Not, or Kittredge from Mission Impossible. Huh? We're back in the therapist's office. Is he Ghostface? Are we about to see some kind of reveal? Was what I was thinking in the moment. Uh huh. But as I've already revealed, <laughs> no, we are not. He is not <laughs> Ghostface. There's a very cool shot of him going to the door because I think the, there's, a, there's knock. a knock on the door and he sees a shadow and it's Ghostface. Yeah, you see Ghostface lean in and you make the, you know, it's like a frosted glass. That's yeah. And then he just punches straight through the glass and grabs him. This is very like um, Jason almost. Yeah. And like pulls him into the door multiple times. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. And then just reaches through, unlocks the door. And well, hang on now. After he gets his face mashed. He gets a knife straight oh, through right. his fucking through his nose. His nose. They, they say that. Later. Yeah. yeah. That was maybe the first like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Like gory part f- mm-hmm. for me. I was like, God damn. OK, so yeah. Knife through the f- fucking face, through the nose, falls back. He opens the door, just stabs him a bunch. I think he just leaves him. Oh, well, he's dead. He's very dead. And he goes to the therapist's case files and pulls out Sam's case file and dips. Yep. Not cool, Ghostface. At this point, the group all get together. We have Sam. We have Tara. We have Mindy. We have Chad, Quinn, and Ethan. That's his name, right? I think so. Ethan or Evan. I think Ethan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've mentioned him, right? <laughs> he's been around. He's kind of a generic white guy with curly hair. Yeah. He's the, like, he's the one timid the one. He group. was at the party earlier, mm-hmm. and Chad was trying to be like, hey, man, let me help you, like, that was fun. get with this girl. And yeah, he's very like, you know, the shy one of the group. So these are all of our characters. And every time a new character has been introduced, I'm just like, you are the killer. You are the killer. Me too. And through they, the whole thing. Yeah. I oh, really quick. I even mentioned on the way home. So Sydney's not in this one. Oh, no, that's right. He'll mentions at some point. It's, it's right. At that scene when Tara and Sam are leaving the police station. They ask, or I think Gail brings up Sydney for a second, and they're like, she's not coming here, is she? And right. Gail says that, no, she's going like even further away. Yeah, she's going to be safe with her kids or whatever. She deserves a, a happy ending or something. Right. And I kind of, like, I'm, I'm glad they put that line in. I'm glad they didn't just like completely like not mention her character at all. Yeah, it's like she's so important to the franchise. Exactly. And being able to kind of call it out where it's like, you know what? She's done. She did her part. She doesn't need to be dealing with this bullshit anymore. She's off happy somewhere. It still kind of sucks, though. I would love to have seen her back here. Right. I and am interested as how they would have incorporated her character into this. Right. And also, in my mind, instantly, I thought maybe she's the killer, which is, again, f- so fun about these movies. It's yeah. Any little inkling that it could be anyone. It's like, it's them. It's the doctor. It's like, OK, it could, it could literally be anyone. But. Dude. So this movie came out last week for us i think it'll be two weeks for when this from when this episode comes out i'm so glad i did not have any spoilers me too across i'm my, surprised yeah because i love that the whole mystery of the whole life. journey was just so fun mm-hmm. every little twist and turn was really good i still stand by the fact that they should have paid nev campbell neve campbell more money to have been in this movie she deserves it she's the face of this franchise but yeah as we are about to learn with mindy here this is now 
its own thing. It's a franchise. Mm -hmm. And in Scream 5, she was essentially the Randy character, giving us the rules, telling us how things are, don't trust anyone. And she is now giving that to us again, but with updated rules. Now, since Scream 5, their incident has brought everything back together, has brought it to what it was before, it is now ready to do its own thing. Yeah, it is now no longer a, what'd she say? It's not a series. Yeah. It's a it's a franchise, which changes all the rules, which I liked. And it's funny, she compared it to Star Wars. She compared it to other movies where, guess what? Now that these legacy characters are back, now that they've done what they had to do, they can die off. Luke Skywalker had to do it in Star Wars. Somebody else had to do it in something else. Yeah, she lists, she lists off a bunch of characters like, yeah. this person died, this person died, this person died. So she's like... And now everyone's dispensable. Anyone can die. Especially, and she looks at Sam and Tara, you two. Especially you two. Yeah, because it's, they start targeting the the title characters because it's less, or it's, yeah, less expected. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't love that. No. They don't love uh, that little thing being pointed out. And, yeah, everyone is just like, oh, God. So they start kind of being like, looking at each other a little bit like, okay, so of us, because the cop oh, even says, like, it's An- going to be someone close to you guys. Annika is there, too. And Annika, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting about her. So she points out, like, okay, so there's this dude, uh, Ethan. So how do you know everyone? You're a roommate. You could have easily juked the the roommate, roommate lottery. lottery and chosen this person's roommate. Hey, there's Quinn, how did you, how are you part of this group? Oh, I answered an ad that people are putting out. Right. And, and Tara's like, well, it was anonymous. It's like, yeah, but easily that could have been a thing. And then Annika, she she looks at her girlfriend and is like, and you all you can never trust, never trust interest. a love interest. Because if you remember in Scream 5, Dewey calls it out immediately. He looks at Richie and he's just like, it's always the love interest. And then he brings it nice. up too. Yeah. Never trust the love interest. They seem sweet, caring, supportive, and then welcome to Act 3 where they're trying to rip your head off. And then the new friends are like, hey, you guys are all fucking suspects too. If I we're like suspects, you guys are suspects. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone's just quiet, which is, again, really smart storytelling because it starts getting you thinking like that, where it's like, wait, it could be this person or this person. And they start pointing out motivations and like like, possibilities. And maybe the trauma from that event, like really fucked you up or maybe the fame that it brought you wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily good fame, but it's still fame. And maybe you want to bring that back. So it's it's those little little things. Right. Really like now it's later that evening, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. After their uh, super fun little bonding moment where they all kind of, you know, incriminate each other. Chad and Mindy are now staying with Tara and Sam. They're all getting together, cooking dinner. I love this little bit that Chad gives them a nickname. What does he call them? The core four. The core four. And this made this reminded me a lot of my character from D&D because <laughs> little, little tangent here. We have a group there's maybe like seven of us and we were given a name by you know in lore i think they're like the wardens of godfall or something but my character who is very sarcastic and a bit of a menace decided to call ourselves the traveling warriors and no one was on board <laughs> but i consistently have been saying it and over the past Just what, slowly wearing years, everyone down yeah and now everyone refers to us as the traveling warriors <laughs> so i just thought about uh how really kind of pushing a brand can make that a thing. Yeah. 
And that's what all these other characters are like. They're like, I am not high fiving to that. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not a f- I'm not gonna fucking call us the core four. <laughs> and the the interpersonal stuff, so good. Yeah. In this. All very believable, very like it made me like all the characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's easy to make those like bonding scenes and like look how close we are can easily be so corny. Yeah. And in this, it felt super genuine. I'm like, dude, I'd watch a movie. Just these people being normal people and not being hunted. Yeah. By a masked killer. I was really glad that I rewatched Scream five. I did already say this, but just seeing like their connections there and like, it just stayed strong in this too. Right. Made you care more too. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I got to say again, Chad and Mindy are two of my favorites and they stayed my favorites are in this movie too. They are mm-hmm. a great brother sister team. At this point, I think Annika's watching the news, and there's more reports now saying that Sam is a suspect in the lead murder. suspect. Yeah, yeah. Was it of the therapist that they found? They found a. They body. found the th- and it's her therapist. Yeah, right. they found his body. And so she gets all upset, mutes the TV, and they have another kind another of talk, little bonding moment. And you know, Tara's just like, you know, I love you. We're in this together. And it, it does suck for for Sam because she's like it, you know. I I know what happened, and now the and world's turned da- against her. Her dad is the one that kind of like started this whole thing, and everyone thinks she's the killer. And mm-hmm. it's like this whole, you know, yeah, the world's against her. Yeah, yeah. I like how Tara's like, hey, we're in this together. No one knows exactly what you're going through, but you know, mm-hmm. we're the core four, baby. She doesn't <laughs> say that, obviously. Well, but, they keep bringing it up, and I like that. Right, brought a cute moment. So while they're having another great bonding conversation, we see. So Sam is dating some guy, but she's kind of scared to tell them. Yeah. Because again, her last boyfriend the, uh, murdered a bunch right. of people. Oh, uh, yeah. He lives across the way. Yeah. And, a little slow to open up, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He is looking into, I think, Quinn's room. And we have a scene of her on the phone and in a. Yeah, because it looks like his window is like aligned with her room, basically. He's yeah. not just being a weird. Oh, he's not perf. being a creep. Yeah, he's yeah. just doing his thing and it's like glancing over and he sees Ghostface behind Quinn. Her back is to Ghostface and he's just standing above her bed. Going back down to number under. one with the knife raised. Right. Turn around, turn around. And he's like turn banging on the window. All I could think about was how soundproof those windows are, I guess, because he's yelling. But he's going he's through banging. two at first. Oh, I guess it's two. And then, and then he, there's a he starts across. like, uh, and he opens his window. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good because we see later. It's a good like 12 feet. All right. That's fair. And then he gets his open. He's like, hey, and you see Ghostface look up. So it gets through, but she's just like chilling on the phone, like whatever. Around on the phone. And then he looks like to the side and there's another window kind of like a shitty angle and he can see them at the dinner a table, like crack. laughing like, ah, yay. And like high five. It's fucked up. And he's like waving his arms. Also, this dude is played by great actor. He was in Arrow, Arrow apparently, which I forget. But he was also in a show called The Other Two, where he really shines as a character. One of the best characters in the show. He's fucking hilarious. Josh Segura. Yeah, he like designs shoes and stuff that have coins in them. I don't know. It's so fucking funny. But we mostly know him from Arrow as Adrian Chase. Right. Of course. Uh, Another man in Star City with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Classic. You have failed this city. No, you have failed the city. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, Arrow. <laughs> but yeah, so he's trying to get their attention. He's waving his arms like, Sam! Dean! <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, they can't hear him. They're in a jovial conversation. Mm-hmm. So he... Oh, and it cuts back to the conversa- the table. Oh, he tries to call Sam. Again, and- it's all so real and natural. 
where the phone rings and she just told the group like, okay, I am seeing somebody. I am seeing the dude that you could, they, they call him cute boy. Cause it's like a guy across the hall that's like, Ooh, he's shirtless again or whatever. So like, Oh, you're dating cute boy. And he calls and they all kind of grab the phone and they're joking like, Oh, what are your intentions with my sister? And kind of passing the phone around. And that juxtaposition with like ghost face about to kill their friend was so good to me. They end up hearing what sounds like Riley, like banging her boyfriend. Right. It's kind of an, on, you know, it's the, an ongoing the kind of joke. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, there she goes again. And then, and then what, he texts them. He takes a photo because he's like, they're not answering oh, the fucking phone. Yeah, so yeah. he takes a picture of Ghostface, like choking Quinn out basically in her in her room and sends it to everyone at the table. And they all are like, what the fuck? And it's like, boop, boop, and they check their phones. And it, I like how they're for a second. They're like, oh holy shit and they all jump up and they like go run over to Quinn's room because there's more banging from the room and mm-hmm. then and you now can hear it like more like choking or something yeah. and the door fucking bursts open and Quinn's body is covered in blood and gets comes flying flies. out knocking people down like bowling pins yeah so that's and, kill number and Ghostface comes out that's another kill that's man losing count I've lost part. count already Ghostface comes out swinging yeah uh, slices uh, Mindy's arm mm-hmm. oh one thing I want to bring up too I love that you could see the scar that Tara still had on her hand from when she got stabbed in Scream Oh, I didn't five. catch that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not as fresh you. on the... Uh, Tara got fucked up real bad in that opening scene. She got her like ankle broken. Ugh. She got a knife through her hand and she got stabbed eight times. Jesus. And then she was also attacked at the end of the movie. So she's a fucking champion for sure. But I just oh, love totally. the little detail of having the, the scar on her hand. But Sam goes into the kitchen and tries to grab a knife, but all the knives are gone. She's just staring at like an empty. She like freezes too. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Because we see her uh, go up to it a whole bunch too before this happens in earlier scenes. Just like I got to defend myself. I got a bunch of knives. Perfect. Which later she there's a little she references it where she's like someone took the knives, mm -hmm. which I assumed it was just Ghostface, but. She's like, someone took the knives. It has to be someone close to us. Well, that's why it just makes it more suspicious. Right. So it's like, ooh. Um, but yeah, so they tussle with Ghostface. It's um, Chad and Tara who managed to get out the front door and they go sprinting down the stairs, leaving Annika, Mindy, and Sam. Yeah. And they Mindy? think they're all behind behind them, but when they turn around... Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, they're still upstairs and they can hear screaming and they can't get back in because the door is closed locked, and locked. Behind them. So Mindy gets stabbed, I think, in the shoulder. I believe it? so. Yeah. Yes. And then Annika gets it like real fucking. That bad. was brutal. She gets pushed up against like a, a wall or something. And then you see the knife go in. Very uh, Michael Myers. And then you see Ghostface like pull the knife up too. Yeah. And he does like some turning. Yeah. Yikes. That one was pretty intense that was one of the worst ones yeah, yeah. and she's selling it yeah Ugh. it was like this is rough sam ends up just grabbing the knife holder and using that as a yeah, weapon the knife washing yeah knife blocks which i love yeah she goes back like okay if i can't have a fucking knife i'm just gonna use this like I, a big ass block of wood i let out a little laugh because i was like good that's awesome yeah, use smart. what you have yeah they get into a little bit of a, of a chase they end up barricading themselves in a room and i think it's quinn's room actually I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I like that scene too. Like, again, just uh, it reminds me of the first Friday the 13th, uh-huh. where f- what's her face is in the, I remember us commenting on what's her face in the cabin 
trying to barricade the door with like oh, wires or whatever and yeah, her yeah. selling it like how frantic she is i feel mm-hmm. like this is that just the same where everyone looks just totally selling it yeah they're like shit certain parts even look like it looked like um they put a dresser up against the the door mm-hmm. and Ghostface is like pushing the door open and it looked like one of them like actually got scared but i don't yeah. know if it was just really good acting might have been a little bit of both yeah so the boyfriend, fuck, I'm going to, I got to look up his name. I think it's Danny. I know. I keep wanting to call him cute boy because that's what they call him <laughs> in the movie. I think it's Danny also. Yep. It's Danny. So he is there in Quinn's room, which is right across from where Danny is. He opens up the window and he conveniently has a ladder. Yeah. Like an extend, extending extendo ladder. ladder. Yeah. That he passes over to Sam and he's like, you have a better idea. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, he's not fuck, wrong. Okay. Yeah. So Sam is the first one to make it across. That's one of those things, too, where when I first saw it, I was like, just go. And then they did a great job of like really showing how shitty that would be, like how high up it is. Mm-hmm. She likes, you know, slips a couple times and not in a dumb way. I was on like, top of the fuck fact that, that you're just fuck that. panicked. Right. As someone's banging on the door, too. Yeah. So, yeah, Sam gets across Mindy and Annika, who's like bleeding, bleeding out at this point. My thing, as soon as I saw Sam get on. And no one was holding the other end of that ladder. I was like, no, that is going to just slip right off or something terrible is going to happen. Totally. I, I thought it was going to come it. swinging down very. Uh, I saw that happening with, with similar Annika. to the Phantom oh. uh, where they're suspended on a rope bridge and they shoot one end and it comes swinging down. And there's like really cool adventure music, but different vibe. Soon they will discover the Phantom is real. I thought that was going to happen with Annika because Mindy makes it across and Annika is goes last because she is having she's the like, roughest time. Yeah. And Again, she's like, you guys just fucking get across. And then I've stabbed and pulled. She's bleeding out. She gets about halfway across when Ghostface finally makes it in. And like you just said, I thought maybe he was going to push the ladder off and then it was going to swing down and hit the wall. But she was going to hang on, mm-hmm. maybe fall from that height. Right. But that's not what happens. Yeah. Instead, because Danny's holding the ladder on one end. Mm hmm. So Ghostface can just like rattle it, just like pick it up and slam it down and tilt it. And oh, and then Sam manages to get a hold of Annika's arm for like a second, but they're both covered in blood and that ladder's being shook. Eventually, she just goes straight off. And I think this is even worse than her getting stabbed. She falls and then her head hits a dumpster, which you see just a burst of blood. And then her body hits the ground. Yeah, that was rough. And then it shows her face where it smashed into the dumpster. And mm-hmm. it is disgusting. Real gross. Yeah, that I think was the most. And they're just all looking down like in shock. And the ghost face just leaves. Yeah, they just look up and he's just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just walks off like, OK, cool. The cops end up coming by, thankfully. And unfortunately, this is when police officer Bailey. So he's a detective, I found out. OK, detective Bailey. Detective? Detective Bailey finds his daughter's body and he gets taken off the case. And conveniently, what's his name? Ethan shows up. Yeah, he's like, hey, what's going on, you guys? Yeah. And so Mindy and Chad and everyone's just like, where were you? He's like, I was at econ. It's like, don't fucking touch me. Yeah, He's like, I swear there's like 100 people that can tell you that I was in class. Like, yeah. So they're suspicious of him. Right. And then Detective Bailey is like, you know, they fucked with me. Uh, we're going to fucking kill him. Like, well, mm. we recruited him. And then Gail shows up and she's like, this is off the record, I swear. And this is when she tells them that she has recovered a, an address that the two guys from the beginning had. Was that what that was? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. the, she was like, you know, investigative journalism or whatever. She somehow found out that the d- two dudes in the beginning had used like a fake name and and like okay. rented out this old theater. Also, Kirby shows up at this point too, right? Because um, I think this is where Kirby and Gail have their first interaction of Gail being like, how old are you? I think so, yeah. And that made me kind of question like, it seemed like there was a little bit of an animosity between Gail and Kirby, mm-hmm. their two characters. And I was wondering if maybe that was explored in Scream 4. Maybe they had like some sort of little like rivalry or they just right. didn't like each other and if that carried over. Yeah, now I want to go. I definitely want to go back and watch at least four. I mean, I want to do two and three. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. me too. So Gail takes them to an abandoned movie theater, mm-hmm. which has been turned into like a shrine. A shrine yeah. For it's almost of, like a museum. Yeah. For all of the previous Ghostface killers and just everything that has happened. Since there's a bunch Scream of like original Scream. the original, you know, there's like the weapons from each killing and things they were wearing and sketches of like the victims and of and the, the killers. killers. Yeah, they do certain things like they show the knife that was used to stab Kirby. I like that she goes over and she just looks at it. Yeah. And then Sam finds her way up onto the stage where all the Ghostface cloaks mm-hmm. are all in a in a row very batman very batman uh oh one quick style. thing so the police also found another ghost face mask at the scene of sam and tara's apartment right and we are somehow told that they tested the, they keep testing the dna and it's the killers from all of the previous movies right so this is the third mask i think because there's one left at the two dudes apartment there's mm-hmm. one left in the corner store and then there's one left here so they're like okay so clearly now that we have three they're counting down so it's like the most recent mask was left then you know clearly they're counting down to something they're counting down to scream one yeah sorry going back to what you were saying so yeah when they find the like all the cloaks all the masks are missing Mm -hmm. so it's like okay so it looks like Ghostface found these kids lair killed them and then stole all the masks and is dropping them at each like murder victims spot. Yeah. Um, But Sam finds right in the middle, in the middle of the stage, like a glass case with the original cloak and the original knife that stabbed everyone. Yeah. 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 Um, And and this is is where we see Billy. Yeah. We got our first little, uh, little cameo of ski Ulrich here. Yeah. Which I liked me too. And you know, he's basically just like, yeah, nice. Give in to your killer side or yeah. whatever. Come to the dark side. So a few things that I noticed in the in the shrine, I saw Tatum's clothes that she was wearing when she got crushed in the garage. There was the robe that Stu was wearing. Oh, nice. the I noticed the robe. Stu's head, which makes a bit of a comeback towards the end. Yeah. Those are just some of the things that I, I noticed, especially just again. I just watched Scream the 1. Steve, Scream um, oh, yeah, Letterman the jacket. jacket with the duct tape over the mannequin's mouth. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was a cool, you know scream collection if it wasn't real murders in a museum you know yeah i'd go see that kirby comes up with the idea to trace the phone calls that are coming in and mindy makes a funny comment about like how oh you know it takes so long you know you got to keep them on the phone just for two more minutes and kirby's just like i can do that in about 15 seconds now (laughs) mindy's like all right cool yeah i love that it just Reminds me of fans being like, oh, okay, what are you going to fucking this and that? And it's all based off of like tropes from the 90s and stuff where it's yeah. like, 
technology has advanced. We can do things now that are <laughs> a little different. So their brilliant plan is to go to the park, Sam and Tara, and wait for Ghostface to call slash attack them because that's just what he does. And so Mindy, Chad, Ethan, and Kirby are in a van waiting for the phone to be called. And then the police officer or detective Bailey is just looking very suspicious, wearing a hat and sunglasses and a jacket like yeah, a cop. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> and they're just wandering around and they do end up getting a call and it gets traced, but it is very far away from where they are. It is on like 96th and West 96th. Boom. And because she's like, oh, it's way uptown. Mm hmm. And Tara's like, holy shit, West 96th. And she's like, what? How'd you know that? And she's like, Gail, that's Gail's apartment. Because previously they were all together and they're like, Gail, sorry, no reporters. Like, right, fuck right, off, go right. home. So, uh oh, Ghostface is after Gail. Mm -hmm. We now go to Gail. She's having a, she has a beautiful apartment, by the way. Oh, yeah. All those oh, books. God. She is with her, her new partner and she ends up getting a phone call from Ghostface, which I hadn't realized. Hadn't happened yet. Yeah. They, they mentioned like, hey, it's about time we talk. We talk on the phone mm -hmm. to each other. Strange that you and I have never spoken on the phone. This is long overdue. I also do like side note that Ghostface is always someone new, but he's treated as like a single being. You know what I mean? Like it's about time that this we talked happened. on the phone. And yeah. It's like, well, we're always different people. It's Interesting. not the same guy, but it, it kind of is. It's mm -hmm. like. The legend continues. So it's like, it's about time I talk to Ghostface. It's like once you put that mask on, you embody like what it is to be Ghostface. Right. Like you the know, Phantom. You're <laughs> the ghost who walks. The ghost face who walks. <gasps> Whoa. Phantom uh, reference number two. Lord of the jungle, the hero who stalks. The beast call him brother, the ghost who walks. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so they're on the phone. He starts second. like taunting her about Dewey and being like, you never got to, you know, you didn't get to comfort him when he died, blah, 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 this, all this shit. And it's like, he just like calls her out a little bit, too, because he's like, aren't you a little jealous that Sydney got all the attention and you oh, right. didn't? And she's like, no, no, I'm yeah, good. Like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Sam and Tara's take Detective Bailey's car and they're racing over and Sam tries calling to alert Gail, but she's too busy on the phone. And Ghostface does end up getting her partner, murders him. I guess it's, that's a kill right there. Like, he I'm throws assuming, him through. I'm assuming he probably got his throat slit or something. And then he some gets thrown glass. Through a, yeah, a it does, he's off screen, but his dead body. Again, very uh, Michael Myers. Friday the 13th. Yeah. I guess everybody, honestly. But he's he loves it. He loves throwing <laughs> people through glass. So we get a dead body thrown through some glass here, which startles gail naturally and, and then, then we get a they just chase each other through the apartment a bunch there's a bit of fighting yeah gail ends up getting into her closet i think and she has yeah. a gun thank god yeah in a safe doot, 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 doot. she just fires thank through you. that door too i love that yeah it was great he's on the outside of the door it's locked and he's on the phone yeah and she does not hesitate boom 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 like three or four shots through the door He's and not, then he kind of toys with her a little bit like, oh, I'm I'm injured or maybe I'm outside am I in the elevator leaving yeah. right now. And she leaves and she still has the gun and Ghostface is still taunting her and she makes the brilliant idea. This to, is so fucking cool. So who whose phone does she call at this point? Is it so, like her so phone? So he's she's on the phone with Ghostface. Yeah. He's calling from his phone. 
So she just and so really she's like, hey, back. hold, like, please hold or whatever. And he's like, oh, what? and then she either puts him on hold or hangs up and just calls him right back. Yeah. And so his phone rings and then she just points and shoots a couple times into that. I spot. love and that. I was like, God, that's so fucking smart. To me, it sounded like the person got hit. Me too. But we don't see any of that later on. Maybe they got grazed, but I thought that that, you know, she shot. That she nailed face. It. Yeah. She doesn't, though. I mean, yeah, I guess she couldn't have because he is spry as and he comes bursting through that door and he does get on top of her and he stabs her a couple times. Yeah, pretty good. Mm -hmm. There's a good fight there. And yeah, she gets got with some glass. They're they're tossing each other all over. And And then Sam and Tara show up mm -hmm. blasting away again, missing. But they shoot at Ghostface. He he takes off, takes off. And then they tend to Gail and she's bleeding a lot. But then she gives her a they, little speech. They really set it up like Gail was going to die. I thought she did die because she's like, tell Sydney he didn't get me. He'll never get me or some shit like that. And I was like, and then she died. I thought through the whole thing. I thought that really. Yeah. Oh, no. She she falls unconscious. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're I was like, and then she's blood. dead now because they're like, Gail, Gail. And I was like, oh, she's she she dead. But until I heard somebody or until I hear somebody say they're dead, I, I don't believe it. Interesting. That's a good. Uh, but then, well, rule to have even the ER. She took her pulse and she said it's it's faint, but it's there. Oh, I missed that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, she was she was fine. I don't know how I missed that. That's weird. But I thought it was maybe a little too convenient if they had killed her after Mindy just gave that speech that legacy characters, anyone can cop it at this point. No one is safe. And I kind of thought that would have been a little bit of a cheap Death. Yeah, you know, it's too much like it's like okay, it feels too it. written kind of where it's too mm-hmm. like clean. So, yeah, I feel like that would have been too predictable. So I'm yeah. glad they didn't kill Gail. Me too. So, yeah, the ple- or the the ambulance comes and there's a scene where Tara, not Tara, Sam is just standing by Gail and the the EMT is like, get out of the way, get out of the way. We got this. And Sam is just standing there and she's not moving. And I'm like, can you please move? <laughs> They're trying to save her. And you're just like, Gail. Gail, that must be such a thing because I feel like it's in everything, like every medical show I've ever watched too. people. They're always like, move, move. And they're like, just standing there in shock. It must be so annoying. It's like I get you are in shock, but I'm trying to help like those precious seconds. Yeah, could make or break, you know, but humans. (laughs) So everyone is down in the hallway now. Also, everyone has been staying together. Everyone's keeping an eye on each other. This core group is the core four core four plus a couple others yeah. danny and ethan i think they're the only ones that are left now they're all together and they start to well sam wants to give in she's like hey he wants me i'm the root of all of this i've brought this upon all of you guys all of this death what if i just give in and tara her sister's like no we're not going to do that we're all in this together Let's kill this fucker. Yeah. She's like, we would have been, we all would have been dead if it weren't for you. Like, mm-hmm. let's fucking kill him. And so they come up with a plan to lure Ghostface out. Let's turn the tables on him. Mousetrap style. So they decide to use the museum. Yeah. Cause this is the point where I think Ethan is like, can we just go hide somewhere? Yeah. Let's just find a spot and just hide there. And like, wherever we go, Ghostface is going to find us. And then they're like, oh, a light bulb. Bing. Let's go somewhere where he'll find us and we'll just trap him in there. And they end up. So they choose the theater. Calling Detective Bailey and he gets on board and also Kirby as well. Mm -hmm. 
at a certain point too, before all of this, Detective Bailey, he's sort of suspicious of Kirby. And so he has, I think, some of his officers like look into her background and all that. So just keep that in mind. Right. Because she says some stuff that's a little bit like, huh. She's just very much like, yeah, I'm very connected to this case and this and that. It's like, okay, you seem a little. And we as an audience get her a a couple of glances. So she's high on our I feel like high on our suspect list. She as a viewer, I would say Kirby. I I was kind of get I was kind of given side eye to um, I was going to Danny. Danny, for sure. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Mindy's brother. I forgot. Oh, Chad. Chad. For some reason. I really? was like, maybe it's this fucking guy. I don't uh, know why. I would have broken my heart. I, I feel Chad. like if I had watched Scream 5 more recently, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. But I was like, who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, they could have. And then I still had kind of an idea that it might be a legacy character, mm-hmm. like someone coming back that I just couldn't think of. Like, oh, shit, it's the fucking cameraman from Scream or something, you know? There was a line that mindy says i think it's when they first go to the ghost face shrine museum and her and kirby have a bit of a good bit they sit down and they start kind of like talking about horror movies movies, yeah and i think kirby brings up hey that's the stew that killed or excuse me that's the tv that killed stew mocker and mindy says well if you believe that he's dead right so I was like, uh-oh, Stu about to show up? And I don't remember what how many episodes of this ago it was, but we were talking about Scream, and I had the theory that mm-hmm. Stu was still alive like they were going to do in the original Scream 3 trailer, excuse right. me, the original Scream 3 concept that they changed. But as soon as she said that, I was like, it's going to be fucking Stu. Which would have been good. But I don't know how they would have worked it in, though. Me neither. But I, I hope he liked comes it. back at some point, because... Again, spoiler, we're going to knock him right off the suspect list. It is list. not Stu. It's not Stu. Unfortunately. So that was that was one thing, too, that was always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But I think I also just stopped thinking it was Stu at a certain point. Right. Because I feel like they would have given more hints. They can't just like wait until the very, very end where it's like, uh, oh, yeah, it's this guy. It's yeah. Stu. But it's it, like, we, oh, there's not enough of like a satisfying lead up. It sort of would have made sense because Scream 5 was very much about Billy. Right. This one when they're at the shrine, they just have one ghost face statue and it says like Loomis or Billy at the bottom of it. There's no mention. Mm, of so he could be like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, why haven't I gotten my just desserts? That would have been pretty good. Cause then it, then it leads it's, it's story based. Why there haven't been any, any hints or any like little fun things leading up to it being stupid. Because he's like, cause everyone fucking forgets about me. Yeah, exactly. I was one of the killers too. Yeah. And he that just wants his legacy. Right. Remembered. Yeah, I thought they were going to maybe do that. scream seven. I feel like they're going too far away now. Yeah, me too. They're tr- it's like at this point, it's like we're, we'll just get stuck in the past. Like yeah. we've successfully kind of created these new characters. So keep moving forward. It's like, all right, Bob Dylan. Yeah, I liked your music when you could still sing. And now you're 90 years old and you're still going on tour. Maybe you should stop. You're old. Your voice is not that great anymore. Yeah. And also, you know, to be fair, not a Dylan fan personally. I think I got Bob. I'm hanging out in the room and I'm drinking my peepsy soda and I'm making dinner and uh, Mr. Dylan. <laughs> How is that peepsy treating you? It's I, I think I'm just drinking it because it's like yeah, here. Slowly. It's like maybe half less than I mean I'm drinking it. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. But also, I'm not happy about it either. If there was anything else here, I'd probably be drinking it too. Yeah. I'm drinking a guava nectar and I'm maybe having a slight allergic reaction, but it's worth it. Is it? Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> cool. So 
Okay. Um, well, they come up with this brilliant plan. Right. And they call Detective Bailey to tell him, and Bailey's on board, and he says, we'll meet you at the theater, but you all need to stick together, stay in public places and public areas where people can see you. Yeah, don't take any ghost face Ubers, you know what I mean? Like, jump on that subway, baby. I did not even think about that. Is that something that entered your head immediately? Yeah, I was like, oh, oh. you're like, oh, I'll, I'll get a rideshare or whatever. You're just like, it's private. I don't, but even so, I would have been more inclined to do that. The rideshare or yeah. the subway? Rideshare. Because it's like, how hard would it be to fake? They literally have all those safety features built in where it's like, this is the guy. This is what this person looks like. This is their license plate. This is the color of their car. All right. Here's here's my theory. But it, there is also a lot of people because they have to split up. Not necessarily. They get a Lyft or an Uber XL, oh, XL. or a Deluxe. And I mean, this episode not, is sponsored by Lyft. <laughs> not everyone checks like the like who is in the driver's seat. Maybe it's like a tinted window or like because they're in such a hurry to just get in. True. Yeah. But I mean, also, I guess you're just standing outside waiting for a lift for like 20 minutes in New York. I guess you'd probably be like, let's just fucking get there. I think you were just going to say this crew would be more cautious of that, right? More cautious of like standing around? No, more cautious of like checking who the driver is and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I just trust it. You know what I mean? It's like the whole reason they'd be. Okay. You're right. You're right. Well, they don't. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't consider that kind of thing loophole or, or a weak point of any kind, because it's like people do different shit. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a well, obviously, if you just did this, it's like there could have been a million reasons not to, you know, whatever. Yeah. So so they decide to take the subway, you know, and better for the environment. It's true. So good on you. Just got to remind everyone it is still Halloween. People are in masks. People are dressed up. Oh, it is packed. Side note. Yeah. Along that along those lines, there was a news report at some point saying since the first killing, when they announced like, hey, by the way, it's a ghost face killing sales of the ghost face costume. Apparently, like they're selling out at Halloween stores all across New York. So not only are people in masks like a fucking third of them or, you know, an eighth of them or whatever, a bunch of them still are dressed as ghost face, which is like. That's super fucking unsettling That's, if you're being hunted by a guy wearing a ghost face costume. Just in general, why are you going to dress as a murderer? Like, yeah, a like an active current murderer. murderer. Yeah. They're like, oh, cool. But in the Scream universe, That's I feel true. like they amplify the desensi- desensitization like of in, people. Like, that's real, but I don't know if it's to that level. But like in the first one, remember there was like Sydney's like classmates yeah. dressed as, yeah. And being right. like, oh, it's like, dude. Fuck off. One of your classmates was just gutted like three days ago. And like, <laughs> they just funny. changed the pitch. Yeah, it's like, fucking idiot. Anyway, so yeah, they they make their way to the subway, busy as hell, and is, naturally, they get split up. Mindy and Ethan are on their own. They get cut off, and I love that Mindy is just the entire time like, all right, ghost face, get away from yeah, me. Yeah, to Ethan, ghost she's like, face. fuck you, ever since he was an econ. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ghost face. She even texts <laughs> with her brother. They're like, hey, are you good? Are you on your way? And she's like, yeah, we're like, we're five minutes behind you. We're going to grab the next train. I'm just fucking here with Ethan, a.k.a. GF, yeah, Ghostface. that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Mindy, you're the best. So, of course, the subway is just super janky right now, and the lights are flashing on and off. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say all of the costumes on the subway were spectacular. We so see, good. We see Hellraiser masks. We see uh, American Werewolf in London masks. 
We see Ready or Not people dressed up. I, we see I Jason. swear I saw Freddy Krueger at one point. Probably. So good. Yeah. I bet if you go through like frame by frame, you'd find so many Easter eggs. It would just be hard not to at that point. Mm-hmm. I would have so much fun like as the director putting that in. Totally. It's like, here are the things that I like. You'd have to put in all the Halloween three masks. Of course. Oh, all right. So I loved you leaned over to me early on in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about the masks and you said, like, what if one of the ones that they found had a silver shamrock? Yeah. Like tag on it or a logo. I was like, what if Ghostface's? It's not the- one of their friends. He's just going to be made of bugs. <laughs> that's always going to be my theory. Oh, I said it is laughing at that because I was like, oh, man, that's how they connect both universes. Yeah. The Ghostface mask was made by silver shamrock. That'd be ah. sick. Fuck, man, that is brilliant. So many people would be mad, but that also kind of makes it fun for me. I would be so happy. Are you are you fucking kidding me? That's so stupid. (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Upset those fans. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then there's me like bring it all together. The true fan. Yeah, I love I love the way they did the subway scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the lights are flashing on and off. And like you were just saying, there are ghost faces, ghost faces everywhere. Ghost just face, like kind face. of looking in their direction, even it's like that's sinister as hell. There's a bit where like the subway stops and one of the ghost faces like is walking very in fast the towards the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right before it looks like he's about to attack, he just takes a left and he goes off the subway train. Yeah. He's just like walking out the exit. And they're <laughs> like, here he comes. Like, guys, brace for it. <laughs> oh, OK. And point point on uh on Danny's side is he, uh, he kind of like steps up like hey ghostface is coming over here like he immediately yeah, just gets you. in the way either that or he's the killer and he's like well i'll be fine true very true. clearly this guy's in ghostface i am yeah it's like oh okay we go to the other subway with mindy and ethan on it and once again mindy is just putting so much distance in between the two of them she's just mad dogging him from like across yeah the she'll train. like glance over and he'll kind of just be looking in her direction she gives him a little stink eye like fucking don't look at me yeah i'm like hell yeah she eventually gets pushed towards the back of the subway. Yeah, just a lot of like, you know, shuffling about. Yeah. And people just being like heedless and like, fucking excuse me. And she's like, damn, fuck you. And Not like, even excuse me. Just yeah. Move. <laughs> fucking move. She. Yeah. So she ends up getting kind of like pushed shuffled back. towards the back. She's like, fine, fuck this. And there's a ghost face that's been watching her for a while. And a scene that I really liked is when the power, the lights are flashing on and off. You slowly see the ghost face get closer and closer to Mm -hmm. her until finally he disappears until he's right up in front of her. And Mindy just gets stabbed straight in the stomach. Yep. Poor girl. Yeah. Can't catch a break. In the middle of a crowded train, too. Mm -hmm. And as she's like falling to the ground, she looks up and there's someone sitting right next to her. But this person's asleep. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, this is the subway. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I've seen that person. Yeah. They're like standing, lean, like leaned up against the corner, just passed out. They're passed out or they have headphones in. They're just not yeah. paying yeah, attention. Yeah, a bunch of people wearing headphones, kind of like actively not paying attention almost. Like, I'm on the subway. Just keep my fucking head down. Yep. It's like, because, you know, he's covering her mouth. It's just kind of people in the corner just shuffling about. It's not super obvious. So it's like. Or it's just because it's Halloween. It's just like two right. fucking dicks putting on a show for mm-hmm. like a YouTube video or, or one of your TikToks, you know? Right. One of your TikToks. Yeah. I invented TikTok. Yeah. Ethan sees her and he manages to help her off the train. She's still doing okay. She's bleeding out. And he calls like some workers on this on the subway over and they get her out of there. The rest of the crew arrive at the museum slash theater slash killbox. Killbox. 
Kirby meets him there. And that's when Sam is like, hey, Danny, we don't really know you. We don't want you here. You should leave. Danny's like, fair. Yeah, again, <laughs> to his credit. Of, yeah. And then even, you can tell he's kind of hurt by it, but a little bit. But, you know, he's he's like, you know, a good call. I told you don't trust anyone. Yeah. And I think even Kirby or Tara, as they're walking, away, is like, good, good job. Good yeah, call. Good call. No one. So they end up going into the museum kill box area and Kirby shows them that there's this cage that they're able to, to lock somebody in. Once Ghostface gets into this one area, boom, he's stuck there. So they all kind of go off on their own and they're just sort of waiting for Mindy and Ethan to arrive and for the detective to arrive too, I think, right? Mm-hmm. This is around the time Sam again kind of goes goes off on her own. To, yeah, she goes over to oh, the, the cloak case. again, yeah. the case where she last saw her dad. Um, and everyone kind of, yeah, uh, separates. Um, Tara goes off with Chad ooh, mm-hmm. to like just talk by themselves, maybe. And then Sam, yeah, goes and talks to Billy. So is did we say she took the knife? Because I think this is when she takes this is the when knife she takes it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so we... she's talking. She has another vision. And Billy's like, don't trust anybody. Like, oh, yeah. you're you're me. You should know. Or like, you come for me. You should know or whatever. No better. Not and to fucking trust anybody. Before they all split up, they ask, like, what weapons do we have? And Kirby's like, I am the only one with a gun. Yeah. She's like, I have a badge. I have a gun. I'm not going to give you any of you chuckleheads a gun. I mean, no weapons. Kind of like, like I'm half and half. I'm like, yeah. It's I also like it. you're about to straight up murder someone. Yeah. You're a cop and you're going to execute someone. Maybe you can pass out a couple. <laughs> Knives or something. You well, know what I mean? Maybe they're going to just get them into the box and then I'll be like, I do not trust you. Well, she's like, she even because I was wondering that, too. And she says something like, I think they all end up saying, yeah, I'm going to kill him when, yeah. we, when we get him. It's like, we're going to fucking kill this guy. Yeah, because like, okay. even the detective is like, that. he's like, well, you killed my fucking daughter. Yeah, like I will murder you. Yeah. It's like, OK, everyone's on. The same and that's why here. he's working with them. the kill yeah, box, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I was Kirby, I wouldn't be passing out weapons either. But if I was everyone else, I'd be a little bit like. Huh, am I comfortable with you being the only person? Yeah. Not so much, you know? What if it's you? That's yeah. all I'm saying. Well, that's going to lead so, us into this scene. But yeah, so Sam gets a, a some nice advice from her dad, which I feel like is almost foreshadowing to a, a kind of Dexter situation where she continues to get maybe good advice from her murderer dad. Interesting. In further installments, mm-hmm. if that happens. So she takes... She opens the case and takes Billy's knife and it is from the shrine and it's covered in blood. blood. Yeah. So she's like, cool, I'm armed. And that's when she gets a call, I believe. Right. Yeah. From Detective Bailey, who's yes. like, you need to get the fuck out of there. And do she's not, like, what are you talking about? Do not trust Kirby. Apparently, Kirby was released from duty because she was suffering from mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of just gone rogue. She's been on her own for a couple of weeks now. And she has no affiliation with them. And we now go to Tara and Chad. They finally kissed. And I like that when they kissed, somebody gasped in the seats oh, ahead the theater, of us. Yeah, yeah. a girl. Yeah. <gasps> oh, <laughs> it was like, you know what? I'm happy. That's yeah, I love it's that like, for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're happy for them. And I was happy for yeah. them, too, because it was the, a lot of the will they will. They're just like, I was just here for the love story. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Nice. Good for you. At this point, Ghostface shows up and I think he stabs Tara, right? I think so. I don't remember where. And then they start to fight. Yeah, there's a scuffle. Sam comes in. I think she tries to tell them that it was Kirby or that Kirby is the killer. 
Yeah, because she had just gotten that call. So she comes in after them. They're fighting. Chad lands a pretty good punch on Ghostface, uh-huh. which I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to be... Chad for the win, yeah, man. You're about to get it, dude. About to get it, Ghostface. And then this, this part, is where... This part got me. I was like, we get oh, a big shit. reveal. Yeah. Ghostface number two comes in, mm-hmm. which have we ever seen... We've clearly multiple killers has been, uh, you know, tent pull of scream. But have we ever seen two in the ghost face costume? Not that I can remember. I think it's been like a behind the scenes and a one ghost face. Yeah. Because seeing two of them, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. And then they they both grab overpower Chad. They grab one of his arms each. Yeah. And, and just go to scene, town, dude. Uh, I was really sad. Yeah. Because I really like Chad. Yeah. He's the best. So Sam just, and Tara are just like basically like backing towards the thing, but trying like they want to get Chad, but they're trying to leave at the same time and just stunned. He's like, just go, go. And like they both of the ghost faces have knives and they're just like back and forth. Yeah, stabbing him boom, in the boom, side. boom, 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 just over and over. Step, 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 step. Like I said, perfect. Yeah. Like I said, just the amount of stabbing that people do in this Dude, movie over and over. So is, much. So crazy. Yeah. And it's just a close up of his face. He's just like bleeding out of his mouth and he's like, go like, it's cool. You know, get mm-hmm. out of here. Run. So they do. Yeah. They dip. And this is when they run into Kirby. She comes out of nowhere and she's has blood all over. It looks like she almost got like her throat. Slit. Yeah. There's a she's cut right above up. it. Yeah. She, ha- she has her gun out, I think. And they're like, get away from us. But she's like, what are you talking about? I was attacked. And they're like, they don't believe her. And that's when Detective Bagley shows up. And he's got his gun out and we have a uh, I'm not the clone. He's the clone situation <laughs> in a in a bit that I really like, too, is Kirby. She sees a ghost face coming up behind Detective Bailey and she's like, he's behind you. And I thought Detective Bailey was going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. He's behind me because he doesn't turn. He doesn't do anything. Right. And that's when Detective Bailey shoots Kirby. Yeah. Really quick. Like you're saying. I what I thought was going to happen was they were going to be pointing at each other and then it was going wasn't going to be either of them. And then Ghostface was going to kill Bailey and then it would be like, holy shit, what's going on? And then it would be like Kirby and the two girls against Ghostface and it would be this whole thing. But I thought but for a second Bailey shoots that um, the Ghostface that we saw running up behind the detective wasn't going to be real. Oh, interesting. They were saying that Kirby is unstable. Right. I didn't think about that. She's trying to make it her own thing. She's upset by these kills. They they sort of very, um, very uh, something bloody Valentine. Yes. Seeing the killer behind. Yeah. And, you know, nothing was going to happen when Ghostface runs up to to the officer or detective. But um, and kind of. Yeah. Nothing did happen because he shoots Kirby. Yep. Immediately. She goes down. Ghostface comes up to Bailey and then just stops. Stops. It's like, oh, fuck. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Did you see what was about to happen? Did you see that coming? No. I I believed I believed Bailey when he said it's it was Kirby. Kirby. Me too. Before then, I did suspect Bailey on and off a couple times. But again, we've said this. Who didn't I suspect? Yeah. So I'm not going to give myself credit for shit. Like you were saying, there are little bits where I was like, it could be Kirby. But my only discrepancy was the height because Hayden Penetier, Kirby, she's not a tall. Well, especially when they show the two, because I was like, there could be two. Like, she's not Ghostface, but she's one of the killers is what I thought. But still, even in the ghost faces that we saw, they were. Well, once it, that's what I meant. Once it showed the second ghost face, I was like, oh, it, she couldn't be unless there's three. They but could, I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, exactly. So when it showed two, I was like, well, Kirby's out. 
I thought though some way they were gonna somehow make it that she was a killer. Like That'd be she so was wearing funny. stilts or something. Yeah, she just wears really tall boots. <laughs> <laughs> but here we have our our reveal. Yeah. Not only is there one ghost behind <clears throat> Detective Bailey, but then the second one comes up and there are two ghost faces. So there's two ghost faces and, and Detective Bailey. A Detective Bailey. And we have our big reveal here. Jeff, That's right. Can you explain it to us? All right. So we have Detective Bailey and uh, the two ghost faces unmask themselves. The first ghost one. Ghost face number one is Ethan, our friend Ethan. Did anybody guess? I need to tell you this right now, Jeff. When he pulled off his mask, I did not recognize him as Ethan at all. I was serious. It's like, who is this? It took it did take me a second. <laughs> because his like I feel like his whole face facial everything just felt different to me. It did, but I kind of like that because it goes from being like, you know, that innocent, like quiet yeah. person. It's like Clark Kent yeah. acting, you know. It goes from, yeah, that subtle face is just like angry and evil and menacing. Yeah, it's now like, he's oh, like that's a, creepy. Yeah. A murderer. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't recognize him at first for like a good minute till I think Quinn took her mask off. And then it turns out. So the cop is Ethan's dad. Mm-hmm. And, and Quinn like, made a comment very early on in the movie that she understood what Tara's character was going through because because uh, oh, her brother died in a car accident. Yes. Well, that's when it's revealed that no, her brother didn't die in that car accident. And goes face number two. Yeah. If that's your son, then. Who's that? And I guess I did already say it. It's Quinn. She pulls yeah. off her mask and Quinn is alive and well. So it's like, wait, hold on. So we have Detective Bailey, mm-hmm. Quinn and Ethan. Correct. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah, it's their weird little family. And then they say or, or uh, Bailey's like, hey, tell him, son or whatever. And he's like, OK, well, my name's not actually Ethan, whatever your last name is. Yeah, it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> but they essentially reveal that. They're Richie's family. Mm-hmm. Landry. Landry. And they're like. Or Bailey. I don't know. Fuck I'm you, being. Sam. You killed our brother or yeah. our son. And that's essentially the whole motivation behind all of this is they're like revenge for our brother, brother, son. Because Detective Bailey starts to say that you develop a very special bond with your first son and we finally found something to bond over. And, you know, I never really understood Richie's love for horror movies and all of this like horror stuff, but we, we bonded. I, I I went out of my way to try and get closer with him with these things. I helped him make this, this museum, right? Is yeah. That what Sam's like, what the fuck this is all Richie's shit in here. And he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah. I helped him collect this. all this stuff from the killers. And, and we just faked the records that it was the two guys from the beginning. Like they had nothing to do with this place. And it's like, well, I'm a cop. Cause they're like, how'd you get all this shit? And it's like, well, the police officer can, he can, he can get it out of, of evidence, of yeah. you know? And then they also, uh, reveal that Quinn, obviously they're shocked. Cause yeah. they're like, wait, what the fuck Quinn? You're supposed to be dead. And which made me re- remember when she was originally killed, I did have a flash of like, Oh shit, she's gonna be involved in somehow, but I totally forgot because they did the they did the the Billy thing of uh-huh. they showed her body quickly in motion, covered in blood, but there's no like wo- I could didn't see any wounds of any kind. I didn't even think twice about it. So I was like, oh, this reminds me of Billy, because we just watched the original scream. So I was like, okay, cool. So she faked her death and apparently was also behind all the like conspiracy theories about Sam Yeah, being the one being the killer. I really like that reveal, too, because 
Detective Bailey is just like, oh, yeah, no, we did that. Yeah. Like, it was really easy, too. Like, people love that shit. They're like, it's so much easier to convince someone that someone's a piece of shit yeah, than think, the other way around. I think Quinn says it's really easy for people to stop seeing the best and start seeing the worst in people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what she did. And so the whole we're going to kill you thing begins. Sam and Tara are running around being chased by these guys. They end up picking up bricks. And I love mm-hmm. this. They go back to back. And you see Tara shaking and like she's freaked out. And Sam just looks at her and she's like, are you ready? Are you ready? And then you see like Tara, her face just like she calms down. And she yeah. gets a grasp of things. And she's like, yeah, let's do this. It's like, oh, damn, they're badasses. Yeah. Tara gets Quinn. I think she gets her straight in the face with the brick. Detective Bailey is firing off the gun and a whole lot of chasing around. Yeah, a lot of uh, swinging and slicing and punching. Sam and Tara get chased up onto one of the balconies and Ethan gets a gun and he doesn't shoot Tara, right? He just kind of like freaks her out because she falls off the balcony and Sam is hanging onto her arm for a bit. Yeah, so yeah, Ethan is down yeah underneath the balcony Mm -hmm. he has a gun no he has a knife oh you're right you're right Quinn has a gun up on the top balcony i don't know where detective bailey is got me he might have gone down at some point probably yeah he's off doing something i don't know so we have sam hanging over the edge holding tara and underneath tara is ethan Ethan swinging a knife knife. he can barely reach like you know i'm gonna fucking kill you and then quinn walking closer does she have a knife no, and Quinn, a gun? Quinn she's has dragging a... the knife along the railing. Oh, I guess. Yeah, she just has a knife. And then. Sam, um, Sam had a gun, but she dropped it. And so that's why she is debating whether or not to drop Tara. Right. The guns on the ground next to them. Yeah. OK, cool. I'm glad we. Uh, <laughs> it's a very complicated little scene, but it's pretty a, important. A lot is happening right now. Yeah. To be honest. Great movie. Yeah. So Tara looks up at uh, at Sam and calling back to a previous conversation they had about her, like following her to New York and being overprotective. She's like, you got to let me go. And she's like, no, no. And she's like, no, 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 no. Trust me. Like, and you see her just let go. Sam's side and Sam has the knife still that, you know, she took from Billy's case. So she takes the knife, slips into Tara's hand and lets Let's Tara her go. drop. And what I like is that it wasn't super like, boom, boom, boom. She falls, immediately gets stabbed in the immediately. stomach. Immediately. By Ethan. I was like, oh, fuck, maybe your plan's not so good. And then, man, Tara Fuck's stabs Ethan, Ethan in the fucking mouth. Dude. Yeah. This was the most fucked up part of the whole movie to me. I thought it was great. Stabs him in the throat. Oh, it makes me want to like swallow even thinking about it. <laughs> That's not the part that got me. That part was fucked up. And she's just like looking in his eyes and he's like, ha ha. She... She turns the knife. Yeah. And it makes the most horrible sound. (laughs) That was like, okay, that was the that was over the line. And then has her her little uh, one liner of like, because she's like, I don't want to die virgin earlier in the movie. And she's like, now you get to die virgin or whatever. And then stabs him again. And he's dead. I thought it was kind of funny. Good call. Death number. Whatever. I thought it was kind of funny because once again, this movie is going out of its way to show us that the old rules no longer apply. Mm-hmm. If you remember correctly, I think it was rule number three in Scream 1, don't have sex. Right. That's why Jamie Lee Curtis survived Halloween. That's exactly. why Randy survived Scream. But doesn't apply to this guy doesn't anymore. Apply. And then, uh, and then we go back up and we see Sam grabbing the gun. 
pointing it straight at Quinn. Quinn and totally psyching her out being like, you just saw your brother die. Like we just killed your brother or whatever. Like, how does it feel or some shit like that? She just runs up to Sam. She just runs up to her and she pops her in the head. Straight in between the eyes. Yeah. And she goes down and as her body falls, it reveals their dad standing right behind her. Right behind her. Sam thinks she has the upper hand, pulls the trigger, all out of ammo. Here's one thing I thought was a little dumb was that. The run? Well, yeah, the, they, they both run at each other. But Detective Bailey has a gun, a working gun, an operable operating so gun. So I thought I I thought the same thing and I at least rationalized it away in my own mind. Just anger. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, emotion. That, that is fair. Yeah. He's just like, ah, like in the moment. And because he does fire it. Yeah, but, but they it's like are running at each other and he could have been firing whilst I running. feel like what they should have done is just cut a couple frames out where it seems quicker or like True. made him closer or something. So it's less like, ah, because like shooter, dude. Yeah, she she should have been dead. Yeah. But yeah, I think he fires off his gun when like they clash and the gun's aiming up. Right. right and it goes she shoots off. into the ceiling or whatever. Yeah. And then they both fall over the edge of the balcony. That was pretty. Intense. He falls into a, into a dis- glass display and she hits the ground. Yeah, that yeah. was intense. He blacks out for however long and he comes to and everyone's no gone one's around. He ends up getting a phone call and it is Sam. But once again, or as always, Ghostface. the tables have been turned. She has the voice modulator on and he's just yelling about how ah you don't fuck with family. You know, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, classic. He, he goes up onto the stage where all of the Ghostface costumes are. And I was counting his shots because he pulls out another like ankle gun. And I think mm-hmm. there's only five or six rounds in that. And he's firing off. Yeah, I think he managed to get three off. But yeah, he's shooting like essentially the mannequins that the ghost face all, uh, robes are hanging on. All headshots, too. Yeah. Did you notice that? Like, Damn. Yeah. And then from behind him comes Sam. And she is all decked out. Very Sydney like. Was Sydney wearing the mask at the end of Scream 1? Yeah. Perfect. When she came out of the closet yeah. with the umbrella. Sam is decked out in the full outfit and she just starts stabbing away at the detective, right? Oh, yeah. So many times again. See, I have a theory for that. Why he was she stabs him at like more than 25 times. I was counting the stabs. Oh, Jesus Christ. And through his bulletproof vest. I think maybe that is why he did not die immediately, because that amount of stabs, there were none of the stabs oh, that totally. had happened up to that point had been that much or had been that many. Also that they were probably wearing bulletproof vests. All of them. Probably they're remember the we're like, Oh, they got shot. We thought they got okay, hit. They probably right. got hit earlier. Maybe it was even him. He probably wore the costume a few times. It couldn't have been him because oh, remember, the Gale one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he was with them. Yeah. But even but yeah, so no, like they're yeah, probably wearing, cause he has bulletproof vests also. I mean, people can get him easily, but Kids of a cop can get bulletproof vests and, you know, yeah. it still, still hurts when you get shot with a bulletproof vest. Yeah. So that's my theory. Yeah, why I he didn't die right. right away is because she's hitting the bulletproof vest mostly. And he is like bleeding from the throat all over. I mean, everywhere. she's just filled them with holes. And finally, she's, you know, Tara walks up behind her and she's like, you know what? My father might have been a serial killer, but uh, I'm, I don't have to kill you. Yeah, I'm better than him. And then Tara walks up and I, I feel like they gave each other like a little. Yeah, nod, Tara's like. like I mean, and Sam's like, fuck it. Yeah, like, on the other hand, you, like, fucked with my family or whatever. And he just stabs him in the fucking eye? Right in the face. Somewhere in the face. Walking Phoenix eyeball. walks up with a glass of water and a baseball bat, and he says, swing, swing away. Swing away, Meryl. 
And then the aliens come down and they murder Detective Bailey. And you that, guys got to watch this movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Well, Detective Bailey is dead. And that's when all of the rest of the cops show up. Also, I forgot to mention Kirby is OK. She got fucked up, but they end up like, coming across her. And oh, she that's shows where up. she got the gun from, right, Sam? Yes. Okay, there we go. I forgot. Yeah, Kirby shows up multiple times that we just kind of glossed over. She does. She helps out a handful, like twi- two or three times even. I forgot. Does she? Yeah. Okay, I forgot too. Because she, yeah, pops up, shoots someone. She saves the day, I think, at one point. Oh, she that we fucking, just glossed over. She uses the, the TV to smash Ethan in the head. Right. The doy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's how he... That's how he went down. That's how Sam and Tara were able to kind of escape from them to get yep. on top of the balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, but then she, yeah, she gets stabbed, and that's why she's down. And then, and then Maybe. Sam's like, "Hey, um, by the way, she gets a knife from Kirby." Also, I forgot she gets stabbed, and she pulls. She's like, "Hey, sorry, I, I need, need this. this," and pulls it out of her. <laughs> that's right. And then she also takes her gun, and she's like, "We'll get help," and just leaves. I was like, "Damn, that's pretty fucking cold." I mean, but I feel like Kirby was understanding at that. Yeah, point. she seemed to be like, "Yeah, no, I get it, I get it." Yeah, yikes. We glance over that, but yeah, so Kirby, yeah, so she's alive. Is okay, thankfully. We go outside, and I think Kirby's the one who's being put into the ambulance, right? Yes. They have a little talk, and Tara starts to cry because she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, Chad got sapped a bunch." Yeah, like, "Oh yeah, I forgot he dead." And then you have some EMTs here. Oh, we got a live one over here. And you see him just being like carried away on a stretcher and he has like one of the breathing masks mm. on. And, and she's like, oh, runs, runs over, over to him. Yeah. Goes and kisses him. <laughs> you made like a funny comment. You're like, what if he needs that to like live? Yeah. 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 Which I like that they did. Because <laughs> even she he back, she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. You probably, probably need, need this. So he gets taken into an ambulance and then Mindy shows up. Oh, yeah. Mindy ended up being OK. There was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like Mindy and Gail are, are both good, by the way. Because that, that's when I found out she was alive. Oh, Gail? I was like, oh, fuck, she survived? Oh, yeah. I see, I see. So, and then they're like, yeah, she's on her way here, by the way, because it's fucking Mindy. Yeah. So she shows up like, what the hell is going on? There's three of them? She's like, oh, I didn't guess the ghost face killer. I guess I'm wrong again. And she's like, god damn. Great character, great character. Yeah. And as all of this is happening, we see Sam holding the mask of her father, the one that she was wearing, one that she fulfilled the legacy with everything comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Tara comes up to her. She's like, Hey, we going? And I wasn't sure whether or not Sam was going to keep that mask, but she doesn't. Yeah. She drops it and she walks away and we have a shot of the mask just lying there on the ground. Mm-hmm. Camera pans up to the beautiful city of New York. And I think that's our movie chat. And then the bodega owner, um, he comes down swinging from a, from a crane and he lands and he picks up the mask and he puts it on you gotta do what you gotta do and then he stabs the screen and tears it and the credits are underneath and then somebody came out and stabbed us yeah and that is Scream 6 Woo! what a movie alright Jeff Scream 6 we are running long on this episode yeah we are what are we at our raw recording time is about Two hours and 27 minutes at this this moment. Damn. Well, let's move into the final thoughts then. All right. Jeff, did you like this movie? Great movie. I'm going to watch it again. And I will show other people just burn straight through those questions. (laughs) But um, yeah, I liked it a lot. You liked it? 
Uh, I thought it was really good. It, I think I enjoyed Scream 5 a little bit better. I was going to ask because you saw it much more recently than I have. Literally I couldn't yesterday. even compare. I don't really remember. I think I liked it more because it was a lot of the original. It was very more much, of a direct. It was tie yeah. back to the first ones. It plays on that nostalgia, which is what it was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And it has all of the old characters. I got to say, I did miss Dewey in this one. I do understand that they are now taking it into their own direction. You know, as Mindy said, they needed to do what they did in number five to bring it back to the original, to have all of those ties, to to get people back on board, to bring them back in. And now they're continuing on. Mm -hmm. And when Kirby is being taken away in the ambulance, she does make a comment that like, hey, if any of this happens again, just give me a call. And I think that that was their way of maybe setting Kirby up as being like the new Sydney of the series. Mm, mm-hmm. Because we now have Tara and Sam. They are essentially the new main ones there. Right. What I'm assuming the rest of the series is going to be about however many more. And they need someone to kind of connect it to keep things bridged. I don't know how much longer Courtney Cox is going to keep doing this. I mean, if there's a paycheck, but I feel like maybe her character... And I feel bad sort of saying this, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but maybe people coming into this one, maybe people coming into five don't really care that much, you know? Also, I just feel like her arc. It's, it has essentially ended. Has hit. It, it, they would have to, I could totally see her being a valuable character if it they, if they changed something about her character. But yeah, I feel like she had her full arc where it's like, she's on the other side of the whole book thing. Uh-huh. She had her run in with Ghostface. They talked about legacy. They talked about family. They kind of had a little reckoning. It's like, I don't know. I feel like her character, just her and Sydney belong together. Right. And without now that Dewey's character is dead, unfortunately, you know, that's closed off apart from, again, the older movies. And now that Sydney is gone, it's just her. I do understand that she was a big part of, you know, screams one through four. But without. She wasn't five. Oh, no, she wasn't five. But but she's been in all of them. The yes. only one now, I think. Correct. But I feel like those were just more closely tied to to those original characters. Mm-hmm. And now with these new ones, it's like now that we're moving forward, we don't necessarily need her. Yeah. I mean, keep. I, hey, I wouldn't be mad if she showed up, though. Oh, agreed. Like, Even as just a side. Don't do her character dirty, because if they had killed her character in this movie, like I said, I sort of expected it coming mm-hmm. and it would not have been satisfying. Right. I would have been like, oh, well, you've just wasted a character now. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm glad they kept her alive, but I think it might be time for her character to be more on the sidelines, at least, or just have like another throwaway line. Like, you know, she's gone to find her happy ending. Right, right, right. Or if they are able to bring back Neve Campbell, if again, I don't know if people are aware, but she did not come back to this movie because they did not. They did not. She felt was was fair. Right. In in pay wage. And I mean, she is the face of this franchise. Mm -hmm. I think she should have deserved it. She I wish she had been in it. There's a part of me that believes that she might have been. Using that almost as a negotiation tactic, probably. And then it just didn't really pan out, which sucks. Yeah. Or she's just like, no, it's not worth it unless you pay me what I'm worth. Like, and I'm cool, whatever. Like, yeah. just make the movie. I don't care. I'm sure also she's doing fine. Oh, totally. And I th- didn't she say something to like, I'm good. You know, like I've done all of them pretty much like mm-hmm. I'm good. I don't need to be. I, I hope so. I don't yeah. know too much of background of that, but you know, I I am glad that this series is still alive, and mm-hmm. I am a big fan of of these characters. I'm so glad that Chad and Mindy are still alive. I think they're great comic 
and also serious characters. I, I do love too that um I forgot. I think it was Mindy who was like, "Oh shit, we all survived." That's a twist like of the core <laughs> four. And I do like that. It is like, you know what, in this type of movie that is a twist that not like none of them actually ended up being dead in the end. So now I feel like they might be well, now they've there. got to be on the chopping block. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't do it. Tw- you can't do it two times in a row. And I still just love that they are still connected to the original franchise because they are Randy's uh, niece and nephew. Yeah, which normally would I would find irritating, honestly, that it's like, oh, don't worry. You guys like the originals. Well, these are all distant relatives of the original characters. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, that's convenient. But it's like they're all from a small town. Yeah, and they all they all moved here together for, for good, good story based reasons. reasons. So I'm like, no, I'm into that. And that it's like the Randy character, I think, is a necessary character in these kinds of movies totally. itself. Those the ones who will reference everything and the ones who will be like, these are the rules. Mm-hmm. Here's what we have to do. I think they're great. Yeah. The Scream franchise needs that. Those characters alive and well. I want someone to in the next one have like a boutique video store because <laughs> those they still technically exist. But it's like it's like record shops before records got popular again, where there's like one in fucking new york city yeah and they go there and there's like maybe mindy's working there that'd be cool very cool yeah sorry i just started ranting there that's uh i did enjoy the movie if that's what you're wondering <laughs> oh good <laughs> yeah there you is enjoyed a, it how many uh there's a lot that i that i enjoyed but i think the whole point of this was i was saying that i liked scream five a little bit better but i Lord. do appreciate that this movie is now going in its own way it's mm-hmm. stepping away from from that and now it's becoming its own thing. It's totally. a new franchise. Yeah. Well, Jeff, is this a movie you will show somebody? Oh, I already answered that question. Hmm. Didn't you say, you would, no, it was if you liked it and if you would watch it again. Is this a movie I you would show somebody? I said I would show it to people. Did you? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> somebody <laughs> uh, wasn't listening. Uh, who, who would you show it to? Um, would you show this movie? Uh, I think uh, using your wife is a good kind of like way to bounce ideas off. Because I know she isn't a big horror fan. Hi, Skylar, if you're listening, even though I know you're not. <laughs> is this a movie you think she would maybe be into? Um, Yes. Really? I think certain parts would really bother her. And sure. that's one of the things I've realized is like certain gory elements mm-hmm. will bother me a little bit, but way more when I'm with someone I know doesn't like it. That really doesn't like it. Yeah. It's like I'm hypersensitive to it. So like that scene where they stab Ethan on the throat and like turn the thing and it makes oh. like a noise like his fucking voice box is cracking basically. I, I was that like, God so much. damn that. I think that kind of shit would really like, she would not be cool with. Yeah. But already having seen it, I'd show her for sure. She'd like all the other parts. I would mm-hmm. just be like, heads up. Don't pay attention for like two seconds of this next scene. It was sort of like in, there was some movie that we were watching for the podcast. I don't remember what it was. Oh, but I remember and you were like, I was like by hey, the way, heads up. This is about to be pretty gnarly. Someone's bones, bones are about to be broken. Bone wise. Yeah. Even that like that. A lot of that, I think, was I was watching stuff with her. Yeah. And she's extra like just like do nope. not want to see bones break. So when I'm around it, it's like I start absorbing that. But I do. But like, yeah, I remember that it was um, X. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah. But I do like that you guys are able to have that teamwork where you you are able to show her a movie, but you can give her this warning and you can be like a buffer. Yeah, because she's so that way she really into like all, this, miss yeah, out. all the story stuff and like the tension and she likes all that. It's just not the although who done it in this was great. So good. It's been so long since I've gone into a movie not knowing just in the dark. About it. Yeah, yeah, going in blind. And this was one I was just very much like, no, I need to avoid these spoilers. 
I brought this up with you earlier mm-hmm. that I was so like excited that I managed to avoid spoilers for Halloween ends. But then literally 10, 15 minutes before we went to see the movie, oh, that I opened up Instagram and I was like, fuck me. It's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Got to have like a social media blackout within like 24 hours. But it's kind of difficult when I'm oh, supposed yeah. to be posting, especially with the podcast. Mm-hmm. I need to keep interactions up and I need to. I and it's think. like about this content. Yes. Like I'm on social media every day also for work, but it's like, well, it's design shit. Like I don't Nothing's need to be like in the horror or like movie world. And it's like, yeah, nothing gets spoiled. Yeah. Um. But you bring up a good point too, like about the whodunit thing. I feel like Scream in a way revitalized that genre to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the the knives out type of shit. Up, where yeah. it's like the who done it, this and that knives out revitalized. And it's like, and it did, but I feel like Scream doesn't get the credit for for that. Because it is, it's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Really. It's an ongoing murder mystery. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe the Scream movies don't get as much credit because they're like horror movies and yeah, totally it, like up until I'm gonna say recently-ish in the past, however many years. People just wouldn't take it like horror movies seriously. They're like, oh, it's just that trashy kind of stuff. And it's just tossed to the side. I think so. I think it's like, you know, which is very unfair. campy, fun, kind of bullshit, whatever. Like, because, you know, a lot of horror movies, it's like, it what? why are they that. doing that? It's like, because who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, how did he get to this side of the house? Oh, he's evil. And it's yeah. like, OK, so I feel and it, that's the point. It's like fun. And I think that's they just put everything in that box. Yeah. And they're like, whatever. It's just. B movie like horror garbage whatever yeah like popcorn movie and it's agree like, with you. okay well there's more to it that happens a lot though do you remember do you, I'm sure you've said this we've been talking for a while right now do you remember a lot from Scream 2 and 3 no okay I remember Scream 1 very well yeah do you I remember and Scream 5 vaguely pretty well but 2 through 4 I'm very like what if we put Scream 2 on right now I'd probably be like oh of course yeah I just forget how it all fits Connects. in and who's in what. And yeah. Do you remember if you enjoyed two and three? I think I did. Okay. I don't know to what degree, but I'm, I remember like, like really liking scream and mm-hmm. then being like, yeah, scream one, two and three. Those are good movies. And then being kind of like four sucked, but I also watched four when I was like 16 or something, whenever it came out. I've heard a lot of people have come around to that one. Right. I'm really curious because at the time I was like, oh, you got to make it modern. Like I remember something with cell phones or something being a whole part of it. And and I think it was the first one. It was like, what? Like Hayden Penetier's in this and where are the key characters? And I think they were in it, but it was like it just felt different off. Yeah. But I'm curious. I bet now if I go back, it it's not going to be that bad. Well, I'm sure it did feel awful, but maybe like that is one of the reasons why Scream 5 leans so hard into the whole we got to bring it back to its roots. You know, they right. needed to refresh it because they try to be like, look, we're, you know, it's like doing Scream 7 that doesn't exist without doing five and six first. Like you're saying where it's like you you lean into the the original shit. You go back to the house. You have legacy characters like you kind of have to ease into the new the new cast and not just be like, look, who are these people now? Ghostface is stalking them. It's like, okay. And I think these directors have done a really good job at mm-hmm. like keeping what Wes Craven did with one through four. Yeah. I think keeping so that murder mystery there and keeping it still fresh with the gore while not going overboard. Totally. Yeah. Very, very modern, respectful, modern take on it. Well, let's move into our favorite kill of the movie. Jeff, what was your favorite kill? 
Ooh, favorite kill. Um, surprisingly, I feel like for as many death scenes as there were, there weren't as many actual kills because a bunch of people ended up surviving in the end. True. But there's still a good amount. A lot of stabbing. A lot of tons of stabbing. <laughs> and then like a handful of kills. Mm-hmm. I would probably say my favorite was, you know what? I'm going to say it's the fucking store owner. I don't know why. Getting I was going to say blasted. Detective Bailey. Uh-huh. Because that was just brutal and like, whoa, seeing her just unleash. I was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, just maybe that's more of the scene. But I just like the store owner being like, again, the like, we're a community or whatever, where he's like, hey, you mess with us. You mess with all New York. Like, Get out of here. Get out of here, Spider-Man. And then him just getting it. And then it was just like brutal and and very like still and quiet. Like he got killed and then it was just kind of like, oh, fuck. And there's in there with him and it was tense. And I was like, all right, that was cool. Interesting. That is very much a scene setup death. Yeah. Or a death setup scene. Yeah. I like that. It was like, oh, cool. It's just like a public, you know, there's a bunch of people here and it was like, boom, 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 boom. It's like, I'm and then safe. It's just kind of like, no, you're not. Yeah. And then just slow crunching and stalking. And yeah, that's probably mine. What about yourself? I'm really torn between two. I know what one of them is. So I'm curious to see where you go. So Ethan's was beautiful it was amazing spectacular that sound that he makes when his gross yeah when that knife is through his mouth yeah spectacular but you know what i gotta say my all-time favorite kill out of this movie was annika's death i knew it the way she just felt like the the build-up to that of her a not only did she just get stabbed through the stomach and the knife was pulled up she's bleeding out she's on top of a ladder that's being shook and You're, like more and more aggressively too. It's like, like you said, it is a buildup. Uh huh. I did think she was going to survive. So when she went off, I was like, oh no. And I thought she was just going to hit the ground and it'd just be like a, a thud. But no, it was a head hits the like, dumpster, explodes. <laughs> then she hits the ground. Yeah, yeah, and brutal. then you see the face. I was like, I, I got to say, I think that might have been the goriest moment of this movie. Hmm. Would you say maybe the knife was more gory? Her, her getting gutted. Mm hmm. What I would say is the goriest over her smashed face. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's all part of one. It's all part of her. Yeah, I'd have prolonged to death. Right. So long fucked up death. I'm going to say all like that entire build up and the lead up and Mm -hmm. the actual face exploding. Spectacular. Yeah, that was my favorite kill of the movie. Best kill of the movie, hands down. And if you disagree, that's cool and it's fine, but you're wrong. (laughs) Okay, Jeff. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Okay, Steve. Good. Sorry. Please don't stab me in the stomach and then rattle me around on a ladder until I fall into a dumpster. Mm, We'll see. Let's move into the rating for this movie. Jeff. Yes. I think it's appropriate to write this movie out of six. How's about Mm. out of six really fast stabs to your chest? Oh, no. How many really fast stabs to the chest would you give this movie? That makes me want to choose zero. <laughs> but I can't in good conscience no, do sir. that. Out of six swift stabs to the chest. You're the one doing the stabs, by the way. Oh, on myself? No, to somebody else. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it five. Okay. I think I'm going to give it five. Well, yeah, I'm going to give it five. All right. Overall, super entertaining, mm-hmm. like thrilled through the whole thing, kept me guessing through the whole thing, laughed a bunch of times, great acting, great cast. There's like 
see, even the things where I'm like, there's a couple of small things I might be like, eh, I don't know. There's just maybe just a little tiny bit. I maybe would give it like five and a half, but we can't do halves here. Mm-hmm. So you can't half stab someone. So uh, you can kind of like put the knife in halfway and not put, you know, put it all the way in. But I feel like, you know, in the court, they'd be like, you still stab them. <laughs> no, it was only like, half. I only put it in a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, you it still counts. broke the skin. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and you, sir, out of uh, six quick stabs to the chest. Mm-hmm. How many times do you stab uh, a stranger while wearing a ghost face costume? I would have to give this four solid quick stabs. Nice. I have. Just given all my reasons why I think Scream 6 was a little bit better. It's just. Scream 5. Com- Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's just the nostalgia factor for me. Yeah. I think it also helped that we had just watched Scream 1 and all of that just really kept me. Kept me and and up I mean, in it. Dewey, too. I feel and like if Dewey, Dewey was in this, you might have bumped it up. Probably. Yeah. He is and that, and that makes such sense. a great character. Um, but <clears throat> this was still so much fun. I think the whodunit is great. I like not knowing these things. Any whodunit, love it. Also, I was really glad that they did not end up making Sam the killer because I feel like there was a lot of buildup that they were going to make her one of them or maybe mm-hmm. just the main one. And I thought they were maybe going to do a little bit of character assassination because I think that would have been a really shitty thing to do. They make her this great character in Scream 5 mm-hmm. and they've made her a sympathetic character in this, but then they could have undone all of that really easily. Just by saying that because she's the daughter of, of Billy Loomis, she is insane and she's lost her mind and she didn't realize she was doing these kills or anything. So I'm really glad they didn't do that because she Me has too. been a great, like, become the, a good new Neve Campbell. She, I feel like that would have been the cheapest way to go. Like, absolutely. Oh, and then she'll be the killer. Yeah. Like we kind of hinted at in Scream 5 and stuff. It's like, like you could okay. easily just twist that around. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that would have made this a much, much worse movie. That would have. Me too really affected my rating so i'm glad they have not done that yet same i hope and i hope they continue not to do that correct correct i'm excited to see where they take both sam and the other one what's her name tara same to see these characters where they go next so four quick stabs to the chest for me not too shabby are you ready for everyone's favorite segment of the show jeff tops and bottoms like it or hate it one one-star review and one five-star review of this movie. I'll start us off with the five-star review from Letterboxd by user Selmy. Five stars. I didn't understand a thing, but I watched it with my crush, so it gets five stars. <laughs> you know, that's a good enough reason there. You know? All right, and for a one-star Letterboxd review, we've got Nolan Kong. Had to take a break in the middle and play the Batman car game in the lobby. You know what? I get it, Nolan. Uh, sometimes movies can just be a little bit too much and we need to go take a break and visit our good old friend Batman. I won't hold it against you. Is that the whole review? Yep. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Looking through the one star reviews, a uh, lot of a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Some of it from people who I can tell are just big Wes Craven fans and are like, stop peeing on Wes Craven's grave and all this kind really? of crazy shit. That's like, damn. Okay. And then a lot of people were really like, uh, for lack of a better term, butthurt about the little jab at Letterboxd. Oh, I love in the movie that. where they said something <laughs> like, um, I it's forget, like, like, I think they're talking about the original killers, maybe. And they're like, oh, ma- they were just a couple of dudes with uh, Letterboxd profiles in place of 
real personalities or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It's like obviously a fun job. It's supposed to be like a shout out to like film fans and stuff. And people are like, you know, it's well that they're missing the point because all of this is making it's poking fun at itself and everything around it. It's like they're trying to bring you in. It's supposed to be this fun thing. Like, look, everyone. And they're like, don't you call me. I have friends. It's like, okay, well, now you're just then you just completely miss the entire point. Yeah. Wow. And then sometimes so. you just have to go out in the lobby and play a Batman game. Yeah, you know, it's okay, Nolan. I didn't have to do that. No, I enjoyed it. I did too. I ate my bag of popcorn. Well, about half of it. And I gave some to you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I had a couple of kernels. Yeah. Nothing like some good old movie popcorn to. Wash help. away the sadness. Yeah. Hmm? And <laughs> what's the sadness? What's up? I don't know. <laughs> Are you okay, man? I thought you said that. Did I? You were talking about popcorn, not me, so. <laughs> Little do I know popcorn has like some terrible like memory attached to it for you. <laughs> You're like. Uh, back when I was a little lad, my family was taken by a popcorn explosion in the West. But Jeff, I know your family. You know my second family, not my first family. Oh, the sound of the kernels popping reminds me of my pop. Of my papa popping. Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new horror movie idea. Yeah, popcorn. Pop-corn. And it's just like a, like a, like a man made of popcorn. Yeah, but he gets and he makes people pop, and he gets defeated if you put water on him. Yeah, he, just... he shrivels up. <laughs> put him in the sun, he gets stale. Anyway, well, what a way to end yet another episode of this podcast. We have, I think, exceeded one of our one of our limits so far with the raw audio audio. Thank you. <laughs> the amount of time we've sat and sat here and talked about Scream Six. Been a long time. On top of it, almost it's, three it's hours. It's been like a full scream day. We went to go see oh, yeah. the movie at noon and just been into this world of screaming. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I like it. I am excited to delve deeper into into the scream franchise because from what I've been in, like I I've really liked it. Me too. If my throat wasn't dry and sore from talking, <laughs> I would celebrate scream with a scream. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. I gotta edit those. Yeah. Oh, I have a lot of editing to do on this. Oh, my God. We'll see how much of the horror hour stays in. If yeah, any, <laughs> it was a shit show. <laughs> if we ever do man? set up a Patreon, just go find it there. It's a mess. Yeah. Just unedited. You know what I mean? Just clip it out and dump it. Okay. Well, with that, Jeff, bring us on home. All right. Uh, here we go. Um, go ahead and follow the podcast on Instagram at Hurwitz's House of Horror. You can find new merchandise, a couple of new shirts, and a, a nice fancy new drink coaster at horwitzeshouseofhorror.com. You can rate and review the podcast on all podcasting platforms. If you rate us five stars and leave us a review saying something like, bippity-boppity-boo, I like horror movies too, then we will read That's it great. out on the podcast and we'll give you little kisses on the cheeks. Even if you don't cheeks. leave a review, just leaving five stars on any of the podcasting apps really helps us out. And we really appreciate you guys. If you know anyone who likes movies, even not horror movies, just movies mm-hmm. or podcasts, recommend this one. That'd be cool. I think we cover um, both horror movies and everything else in the yeah, world. You know, we talk about the Phantom probably more than I should. Uh, or not enough. If you recommend this to someone and they start listening Fucking tell us who it is and we'll be like, hi, Jeremy. I hope you like the podcast. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? Oh, you know, I've been meaning to do this for a while. And I'm sure as soon as I 
make this shout out, they're going to stop. But I've noticed we've had a constant downloader from Germany. Oh, this, that's what happened last time. Yeah, it was we had from, one in like Iceland or something. Uh, and I think we're was, like, hey, and then they literally that was the last episode they listened to. I think it was Brisbane. So our bad. But hang on, I'm going to I'm going to hey, Germany, hold up. Hey, Germany. We're happy to have you. Yeah. Why don't you uh, leave us a review or a little something or, or uh, should I say Guten Tag? That's right. Is that German? Please. Uh, I think so. <laughs> Let us know. Let's see. And um, or if you're listening to this and and um, from Frankfurt. Amen. Hesse. I may have said all of that wrong, but I understand Frankfurt. So thank you for listening all the way from Germany. If you have any requests, please drop us a line or a DM on Herwitz's House of Hora at Instagram. And going back to Instagram, people can follow you, Jeff, at Art of Jefferson. You have great art. You have great everything on there. You do awesome designs. You have been designing the artwork for this podcast since the get-go, and it is evolving and getting better and better. They can also find your work at Ugly Cowboy. Is that Ugly Cowboy Co.? Ugly Cowboy Co., yeah, or UglyCowboy.co. And people can follow your store on Etsy also at Ugly Cowboy. No, that's uh, at so many addresses. Uh, that one's cultclubprintco.etsy.com. Or just go to my Instagram and it's all in the bio. That's Check probably the, the easiest way to do this. Probably. Art of Jefferson or Ugly Cowboy Co. <laughs> uh, go ahead and especially if you're from Germany, guy. Uh, give uh, Well, if you have long distance calling, give us a call at or 916. Cal. That's right. My apologies. I use a guy as a general term, but mm. I probably shouldn't uh, go ahead and give us a call at 916-538-4412. We won't answer. It'll be an answering machine. So don't feel like you are like, I don't want to talk to anybody, anybody on the phone. It'll just be a recording and then um, we'll listen to it. What do, like, think, what do you think the overseas charges for that are? You think that's expensive? Whatever it is, it's probably worth it. Oh, oh, it's absolutely worth it. If it's like a 40 one- bucks thousand dollars it'll be worth it they'll be like whoa what a fun little especially you know what even if you're not gonna leave a message call our number because there's a fun little recording and it would go perfectly with this episode oh it would yeah we'd love to start leaving little recorded messages on here yeah if anyone is wondering how i've been doing with my pepsi peep flavored soda uh you're like two-thirds of the way two-thirds of the way and i am regretting every second of it especially the warmer that it gets yeah so maybe you uh, could freeze it and eat it like a little icy i don't think i will do that yeah i want to go back on the record and say that i do not recommend the pepsi or should i say the peepsy because it will make your tummy hurt like mine (laughs) (laughs) yay yay all right jeff do you know what movie we're doing next week nope okay well that just gives everyone another reason do we did we talk about what movie we're doing uh, I thought maybe you would have come up with one. Nope. Maybe it'll be something from the past. Maybe it'll be something from, from the, the future. Oh, from the future. Ooh. I guess technically anything from here on out is the future. True. If, if something comes out between now and when we need to record the next one. Yeah. Well, I guess if people listen to this next Monday and we're recording on that Monday, we're in the future already and they're in the past. I like that you just looked at me for a minute before hitting that button. <laughs> well, just give the Instagram a follow and we'll have a coming soon on there. If anybody has any requests or any ideas, throw them our way and we will be sure to cover them. We like hearing requests from people and having some ideas. I know somebody requested a movie 
Gorman to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my designer friends requested... Cy Gorman? Something like something that. Like that. Yeah, I always forget what it's called, but I have it written down. Yeah. But we'll definitely watch that one. We'll look into that one in the future. I know Hereditary is still on the docket. We have Pearl at some point. I think Pearl will be when Maxine gets a official release date. Mm-hmm. We'll try and keep those kind of close. And when we do those, we'll, we'll, we'll try to tag the people who requested them. Absolutely. We'll give them a so shout out on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So next week, still up in the air. We will let you all know on the Instagram. Keep your peepers peeled on that Instagram. But not your Pepsi peepers. Yeah. Keep those in the trash where they belong. Ugh, I don't feel good. <laughs> Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We will see you back here next week. And Jeff, as we say at the end of every episode uh, for What's This House uh, for a Beheading franchise. Sometimes I would like to go Everybody knows your name Knows your name And everybody's like you came Don't, don't, don't You would have got what you was in You was all the same this You would have got what right? everybody knows Everybody knows your name Do-go-go-go-go Do-go-go-go We'll pro- I mean, we'll probably just have to cut all that. We probably would want to anyway. Nobody wants to sit through <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe I'll keep a little bit of that in. That's how we can end the episode.